Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steven. Here with me is Kevin. Hey guys, we got Andy. Hey now, and Ian. Oh geez, I just woke up. <laughs> uh, yes, you did. <laughs> All right, this is episode three forty eight, final review, volume fourteen, SAB Goblin Raw four twenty. Gosh, that's a long final one. review. Oh man. The final review we'll be doing on the show, so, yeah. Okay, let's catch up with everyone's week. Who wants to go first? Let me go first. Let me go first. Oh, boy, you're going to have to duke it out. Kevin, go the first. New- uh, you never right, go first. so, I never go first. I didn't do anything hobby-related. I did no flying. I did no buying. I did no trying before I buy. Nothing. Really, Damn. that's... That's the end. Unless you want to talk about home improvements, because I did a lot of that. I know there's other podcasts out there that love it when we talk about exactly. This stuff. Let's do it. What'd uh, you do? I'm, I'm been painting the, been starting out with the upstairs, painting my the one room, and started doing flooring. And it's I'm rocking and rolling in there. It's coming nice. out great. I'm loving. What was it. your color palette choice of your paint? Huh? Uh, it was whatever my wife wanted. No, it's uh, she wants to go with like a grayish floor like um gray pine type floor like a light gray wood yeah yeah and so in that same color scheme is what how we did doing the walls like but it's like a really it's like it looks like white but it's in the very faint gray i know yeah nice and and it's coming out good man i love the flooring because i've been dying to do this like floating flooring shit you know (laughs) the snap together stuff and it goes together really really quick cuts really easy easy to work with I've been having a ball with that, man. And do some nice white, like really gloss white trim, and it'll look real nice. Yeah, exactly. and stuff. Once that's done, I'm moving in there, out of here, and I'll be ripping this floor up. It was a busy weekend. I picked the wife up Saturday night. Uh, We had a club swap meet, but I didn't get to that because I wanted to try and hold Steve Shaw back from buying anything more. But the weather did not really play nice, so I don't think he got a chance to buy anything else. Mm. Wasn't much for sale, but didn't do any, like I said, didn't do any flying. Uh, there was something I was working on. I might save it for tech tip if Ken doesn't have it. Right. Oh, I've got a tech tip. State, state, oh, you have a tech tip? Next week. Yeah. You have a tech tip this week, Sleepy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yep. I've already got one. All right. Then maybe I'll, maybe I'll <coughs> what's next for me in the hobby then. All right. All right. All right, so you want to go next, Andy? Sure. I'm what glad did you, you do? I, I'm glad you covered your home improvements. Todd Dudek will be pleased to hear that. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Very much. <laughs> I did jack shit in the hobby this week. A whole lot of nothing. Uh, okay. I didn't do any home improvements either. I did work on my combine some, but that's neither home improvement or... Uh, RC. So, um, Ian, I saw you went to a fun fly. Yes, I did. You yeah. flew the whole time, no wrenching, correct? Right. Oh, I did wrenching. That's what you I said you were going to do. You said you were going to fly and no wrenching. Yeah. Um, Cognac. 
Well, to start off my weeks, um, did some wrenching to make sure I didn't do any wrenching at the field. Just that did. Uh, got the 580 back together. Um, got it all buttoned up, ready to go. And and then last minute, I decided to go ahead and get the 420 together. Um, I've got a, a version one Neo that I've had pretty much sitting around, and it's like you know what. I got the the version one Neo. I've got the the Hobbywing 100 V3. Stuck that in there, and you know, once I made sure that the Hobbywing was going to work, and it's like, okay, well, got all the wires ran and everything. Went ahead, packed everything up. Um, Friday, I was going to take off early as possible to uh, to get up there, but I had a couple things come up. Um, uh, found out a friend of mine was in the hospital for a nasty infection, so me and me and another friend of mine pretty much uh, went up to the hospital to go visit him for a little bit. You know, I hadn't seen him in some time, uh, so by the time I got home, had to pick up the kids, take them over to my mom's, and everything, and. Needless to say, pretty much by the time I actually got on the road, it was probably about eight thirty at night. Just everything just kept snowballing to, um, you know, get on the road at a decent time. So by the time I got there, it was probably about midnight. Um, so I was actually on Discord for a good portion of the ride, which it was just me, Darren, and Devin. Um, got up there, got the everything set up. Um, and Saturday morning, I was like, okay, you know what? I want to start off with trying to get the Maiden done on the 580. Could not get the damn thing to start, let alone stay running. Uh, we tried and tried and tried. Nothing. Black Nitro. The starter coupler, even though I did strip the wand, I did strip out the actual coupler as well. So that was out. And yeah, we tried, and and we even tried uh, using like a an actual socket to start it, and you know, a power drill wouldn't even start it. So I guess you didn't check it like Steve told you to. I didn't have really a whole lot of time. Mm. Um, so there was like ten, fifteen mile an hour winds there. Um. So I figured with it, with it being a little bit windy, uh, I went ahead and started wrenching on the 420, try to get it up and running. Uh, got the hobby wing all set up and everything. Uh, being as I'm not familiar with hobby wings, so uh, Jeff Raker, I was in, I was pitted up with him and a few of the other guys from uh, uh, Midwest Heli Boys. Um, he walked me through as far as uh, getting the, the hobby wing all set up and everything. Well, on after I had gotten the maiden flight done, uh, getting it set up and everything, uh, pretty much it shut down in flight. And so it fell from the sky on the other side of the fence. Uh, so we had to go and get it, which you've seen the famous shot of... Uh, you know, walk of shame. Yeah, the walk of shame. <laughs> it 
it, I mean, it fell from a decent height. There was no power, nothing. Uh, I mean, I bled off all the head speed by the time I realized that, oh, there's something wrong. Um, there was not a problem with it. I mean, I didn't have to replace anything or nothing. Once we figured out what was going on, which it was due to, they had to put in a cap to, because of the, I guess the servos are pretty hungry for juice. What, what servos? Um, I got the KSTs. I can't remember the model number on those. The, the micros though, right? Yeah. Like 2215 MG or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, no, I think, I think that happens sometimes with, with like power hungry servos. It can kind of like short out the, take brown out the Neo basically. I've had yep. it happen to an Oxy. I've actually had it happen to a Goblin 380, but that was with a mini V part, but still not very similar. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, um, they ended up putting a cap in there and that seemed to fix the trouble. I put like two or three flights on it. Um, I ended up putting a, a couple flights on the NX4. Um, and then, of course, you know, here and there, I'm still trying to, you know, dick with the, the 580 Nitro, which ultimately I think I'm just going to go ahead either. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to have to pull the carburetor out and see if maybe I install something wrong. What the hell? Because it just seemed like we tuned it back to factory settings and it's still just dumping fuel into the carb, like holding it up, you know, trying to start it upright. It'll just flood right there. The only way we can actually get it to start kicking or even putter is if we were trying to start it while it's on its side. It just seemed like it was flooding no matter what we did. So something's not right with that. Um, is this as far as... What is this? Uh, it's the OS-50. It's the OS-50. Non-regulated? Non-regulated. It's the Hyper. 50 hyper, so it's not like it's a single needle. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I, I've had this engine for a long time. I'd probably say 2015. It came in the Junker 600 about years ago, and the only thing that was good about that heli was the engine. I mean, ultimately, I. Wonder, I, I wonder what would cause it to pull too much fuel in. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah, it just upright. As soon as we give it the starter, it's it's flooded. I mean, when you take your needle out, is like your needle missing a tip or something, or like it's a is it the wrong seat, needle because is there, a, there is, is two there different a needles. Seat in, no, the seats it doesn't have like an O ring in it or anything, does it? The needles yeah. itself have like a double O ring usually. I wonder if something's yeah. missing. It's like it's open way too far. Right. Um, I know. The for, best like, thing the, I can figure, maybe there's something I put together wrong because I was going by the manual when I put it back together. So <clears throat> there could have been something I messed up on. Well, which, I mean, did you ever run this motor fine, or or is always, is, has this motor always like, you know, this is the first time you're running this motor? Um, in a model, yes, it's the first model I've ever put this motor in. Um, at Urcha. I wonder the needle because um, 
The needles a, for a 55, they have two different needles for a 55. I know this is different. We're talking about a 50. But because it are two different needles for a 55, I wonder if someone like who had that motor previous was like, oh, maybe the needles are fucked up. So they try to put another one and put like a mid needle in the high needle, you know, for that yeah. motor. Yeah, because I don't know if there's anything that you could actually screw up in the carb that would make it pull too much. Not rebuilding fuel. it, no. I oh. mean, there's nothing there but a Ventura and a, I mean, a little yeah, slot that needle. fuel goes through. So it, mm-hmm. Steve, maybe it's probably right. Steve's probably onto something. Something with the needle is like it's wide open or something, pulling too yeah. much. As soon yeah, as it gets some pressure needles, on it, it starts to push just a full tube of fuel in. Right. It just opens and up. You know, it's just open too much because when you look at the needles on the 55, one's very pointy and one's kind of blunt. And the mid needle is kind of blunt. I wonder if someone swapped or did something weird with yeah. it. You should but, pull, uh, pull it out and check it. Yeah. Look Absolutely. at the needle itself. Um, There's O rings on the mixture. Yeah, there should be assembly two. too. But it, I, I can't. I don't know if leaving those off if. Gas would just, you know, fuel would just flow through there at that point. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you try Check starting those two it, things. The, the pipe's going to push a little bit of pressure. And if there's like nothing holding that fuel back, like the needle's like quote unquote wide open, it, sh- it would just pour out the carb. Yeah. I don't know. We. What about we the, tried? The idle screw, is it open too far? That one still has an idle. Exactly. Um, we turned it back to factory settings, so okay. it's like it just—it didn't really seem to phase it. Um, I mean, Anyways. we'd get it to where it almost idle, and then as soon as you start to pull everything off of it, it 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 pretty much shut down. But that was like the best we got. We couldn't actually get it dialed in or anything, so. All right, so uh, I'm sure one of our listeners got to have a 50 hyper. <laughs> they might be able to sell. If so, or just um, you know. take the take the needle valve out and take a picture of it. You can compare it to what you have, Ian. Yeah, look down. If one in of there. our listeners has one. The yeah. seat yeah. could be all boogered up and it's not sealing correctly. Could be. Uh, I did clean a lot of shit out of that uh, carburetor. Um, yeah, it was downright nasty after being in the basement for years so i mean it, it could be just my my carburetors is completely fucked so i don't know um uh i'll get a look at it but um as far as everybody that as far as attendance i think we were only up to about 20 pilots i mean it was kind of a a low-key thing you know one day event but there was quite a few people that were there for you know friday saturday sunday uh, of course everybody took off sunday uh, uh michael leipzig was there uh both uh, him and micah nice. came up nice it was great to see I them great tall now i'm sure I'm oh man i mean it seems like he grew like six inches since the last time i seen him at like urcha and nice. kids growing like a weed um yeah, I think that's the last time I saw him. Was that urchin? Yeah, several. several our first urchin together. Yeah, Dean, right? Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's getting up there. Um, no, urchin 19. 19, oh. 19 years old. Yeah, I think he's still like, he's like 14 probably now or something. 
me know if I'm going too fast for you. <laughs> no. But now, uh, all of the guys were there, um, as far as, uh, uh, the Midwest Heli boys go. I mean, pretty much everybody involved was there. Uh, you know, we had Dave Hoskins, Sean White, Gabe, uh, Jeff Raker. I mean, all, all those guys, I, they were all there. It was nice. a good time. Um, everybody was kind of worried about me because, like, I had set up the tent at, like, midnight, right? And, um, Dave Hoskins, like, you know, he's like, it's going to be cold. You know, of course, it was already cold Friday night. And he's like, Monday is supposed to be. Yeah, Dave gave me an extra uh, space heater that he had for his camper. He said he wanted one that oscillated, whatever. So he uh, let me use one. I put it in the tent. And, of course, I stayed up BSing with uh, uh, Eric Bonfig for a little bit uh, while the Space Eater was warming up the tent. By the time I went to bed, like two hours later, it was like a solid 80, 90 degrees. Yeah, too hot. In the t- <laughs> yeah. I actually had to turn it down, but I, like everybody was worried about me. I was like, no, dude, I was cozy ass warm. Um, Think you would have been without that Space Eater, though? Oh, I mean, I had quite. I had a few blankets, so it's. I had a flu bike, it's, it's like 42 degrees or so. Like 40 I mean, if it was. Too, I would have just got and went in the car. He'd have been yeah. fine. He looks like he runs hot anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> but uh, Saturday night, um, I didn't get as many flights in um, as I wanted. It did get pretty cold. Um, I tried to start off my flights with uh, the 420. I don't know what happened. Uh, it was flying perfectly fine the last time I flew it, but I you know, put it on the ground, went to fly it. My first instinct probably should have been don't take off because as I was spooling up, getting you know, giving it the the collective. I was noticing it was starting to lean. And it's like, okay, maybe I'm just giving it an input or whatever. So I take off and it's doing kind of like a seesaw. Like, um, as if the swash leveling was backward. And of course I hit throttle hold and it hits like the, the strip of tall grass that marks the, the flight line. It hit the, like the strip of tall grass and all it broke was a blade. The canopy, um, I think that was it. I replaced the blade and went to put it up again. I checked the swash leveling. Swash level is fine. I mean, it's fine. So I went to spool it up again. I, I mean, I was thinking that maybe it had initialized wrong or something. Not sure. Um, but I seen it was starting to lean, and it's like, uh-uh, I don't trust it. And of course, you know, on the second flight, I put it even further out. That way, there was no instance where it tries to come back at me again or anything. But, um, yeah. I, I love it. All the quits on the 420. I love it. It's like, hmm, I took off and the thing was like, has a mind of its own. Let me try to take it off again. Let me try flying. Oh, I put, fly I put it further out. out. It's fine. Let's take fine. it a little further out. It'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fine. I already yeah. crashed and broke a blade, but this time it'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, right. This time it'll work its bugs out, right? Yeah, like, it'll just right. work. Oh, right. I was going to see what's up. But, uh, yeah, after that was a no-go, I went and grabbed the 
I went and All grabbed right, the Anakin. But I had to pretty much cut it short because, like, by the time I- I'd say like a minute or two into my flight, I couldn't feel my damn thumbs, and mm. my flight it was, was cold. Looking it was like shit. Cold yeah, it what was the weather like. Uh, I would say it was like mid thirties, mid to upper thirties. Because um, after the wow. NX four flight, it was like yeah, it's too cold for me oh. to fly. I'm done. We chilled, Holy. chilled by the fire. Um, oh yeah. Watched everybody else fly. Uh, Keith Williams threw down some pretty badass flights. He did pile in the Spectre after. God, he's like, oh, it's my last battery. Fucking. <laughs> you know, last battery blues right there, bro. Um, and then um, Mike Lapsig. Holy shit. That I guy can he, fly, can he? Oh, yeah. He, he hey. There's no fucks given about his flight, and he makes it look so good. Yeah, and he does it pretty low, man. Yeah, and tell you what, he uh, he really throws down with those logos. I and he throws down some pretty impressive flights, and of course, uh, uh, Gabe Sandoval, uh, he he did a couple of night flights with his uh, LED rig. Um, pretty much what he does is um, to set up his. Uh, Doxos, he just wraps it up in uh, LEDs on the boom, um, and he switches out blades on on it and sends it, and we could see every bit of it. Um, there were some people that couldn't see like the the some of the inner rings on the actual blades. Um, uh, it, it looked great, and <laughs> we were kind of cracking up because, like, you know, what are some of these people out here? The middle of Iowa that probably have never seen this, probably thinking UFO. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I saw some pictures, man. It looked good, dude. Oh yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. If and I have to say, you know, twenty twenty three is probably going to be a pretty badass year for these guys. Um, you know, they always really seem to put together a good some pretty good meetups and I, I, I think 2023 is going to be a good year for Midwest Heli boys as far as events go. And nice. yeah, I can't wait to make it up there for another, for another round. So it's definitely uh, great to see those guys. That's awesome. Yeah. I saw one picture of you with Mike uh, and you had a big smile on your face, even though you were wrenching. <laughs> I saw a lot of pictures of you ranching. Look like oh my you did God. Ranch. Yeah. I want to yeah. say thanks. More to ranching guys. than every, anything else for sure. I took those pictures. Yeah. And then, Ian, there's one picture from, looks like a quad that's out over the flight line and it's campers and trucks and campers, big ass campers. And then there's this little red tent, like in the middle <laughs> of the picture. <laughs> I'm yep. guessing that's where you stayed. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's cool, man. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, I'm glad Absolutely. you went. And I got to give a pretty good shout out to uh, Eric Bongfig. Um, he's actually uh, been down due to uh, he had shoulder surgery, and then of course, right before that, he had a lot of medical problems with uh, with his dog. Uh, so it's like he was a, he was out there. I've seen Eric getting some flights in, which is really cool because it feels like yeah. The past couple of events, I don't think I've seen him. So it's like I'm glad he's been out there and 
getting some flights in, and it was really great to catch up with him. So nice. There's even a drone shot where I can see you wrenching from the drone, Ian. <laughs> you're at the back of the uh, it does not there. surprise me though no. and your head is buried into that helicopter are you Everybody serious sh- I've got to go sh- shooting the shit yeah <laughs> some mics I don't know it's one where there's some videos and stuff like that yeah I'll have to check that one out that's funny I think Charlie Charlie Stod- Dogdill is his cool sound like a good time man dude it was and then of course uh by the time we get back here ended up working like crazy i worked a double and then today was just nuts i freaking love how a bunch of guys can get together in the middle of a freaking cornfield in like the middle of nowhere and have like a kick-ass weekend yeah so freaking cool man so great about this hobby man yeah it really is absolutely but yeah, uh, as far as the rest of my week, it's just, I ended up working the double and then today was just nuts. So, and I set my alarm for six o'clock and apparently my alarm clock, uh, wasn't good enough on waking me up for that. So here we are. All right. You done lateness? Yep. I'm done. Okay. Whose turn is it? Thieves. My turn. All right. So. My weekend was all about the Hanover RC Heli Smackdown 2022. So I had had Friday off, um, but I ended up going down there Thursday night because my good old friend Rob McClellan drove down. Oh, wow. Thursday night. um, Got there around 8.30, met up with him, made it so that he didn't miss the uh, entrance because this entrance was like, can't see it at night. No, so, um, so we got him in and got him all set up and, you know, what do we guys do? You know, we didn't have a light tower or anything. We had one spotlight, so it's not like we could really, you know, much flying. So, but I had a, an airplane that has LED lights, right? My, um, Flex Innovation QQ. And, uh, Rob has his, uh, what is it? Night Vision Air. So we planked it up a little. Nice. We did like probably about four or five flights uh, each on, on our airplanes. And it was nice because it was um, it was like misty out, I guess, or because it rained earlier, um, it was like kind of misty and like hazy out. Yeah. So the planes was a glowing, like you saw the plane and then you just saw this like halo around the plane. Like, like this an glow. aura. <laughs> an aura, exactly. Nice. That's, that's the perfect word for it. Yes, an aura around it. And just seeing that, and, and That's with the cool. QQ, there's lights that go on the um the end and uh, mm-hmm. the wing tips, right on the ends. But when you rock it, you see like this like light kind of like shine through the aura. It's just cool. Um, yeah. Did, did you let Rob <laughs> fly your QQ any? Because he likes that Visionaire. Um, I wondered if you should let him try that so he could see what yeah. the superior version of that plane flies like. Well, the oh, thing boy. is, the, the superior version has been. Eat superiorized. It by doesn't me. matter. A busted ass QQ flies better than a Visionaire. Okay. So, but uh, let's see. Um, you know that that was like a twelve o'clock night, and then I went back home. Um, came back Friday morning, 
And Friday was like the start of everything. Just had to set everything up. Um, you know, get everything going. Probably had about, uh, we had about 18, I think, people that first day. That wasn't bad for Friday being, you know, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people didn't take off for work. And, and, uh, and, you know, there was a lot of folks that actually drove down from like, um, Pennsylvania, New Jersey area and stuff. So those folks, um, you know, who did take the day would still be, you know, a five, six hour drive to get down there. So, but, uh, yeah, it was good. I want to give a huge thanks to Hanover RC club for letting me come over. And I guess they asked me to do this. So, you know, but whatever, but, uh, yeah, it was great. They you get a whole bunch of heli you. guys. <laughs> yeah, they should be. Yeah. They did. They did. Thank me. But, uh, yeah, I got to give a shout out to BK hobbies, uh, for supporting the event. They threw in, uh, a set of BK9001 servos, cyclic servos, nice. a bunch of shirts, you know, a bunch of small little things as well that went into the general raffle. Hobbytown USA of Richmond um, donated a, a 6S, I don't know, 3300, I think, or something like that, that size. Um, LiPo battery and like a whole bunch of other stuff. That's cool. Um, you know, like gift certificates, you know, like for money off, like. Yeah. Like five bucks off this and stuff, Sweet. or just off anything at the store. Um, Heli Direct donated three coupon codes for like uh, 30% off an Align kit. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, maybe for that new TB70 coming out. Yeah. Um, uh, what are their servos? Torque servos that they, a full set of Torque servos, 30% off that, which is a nice. great deal. And then also for pulse batteries, 30% off. Oh, so pretty good stuff there. Uh, Random Ray, Random RC, our, our local Virginia f- random here, Random Ray guy, he, uh, donated a bunch of blade, um, I don't know what they're called. They're like koozies for blades, like you put them on your 700s yeah, and stuff. What does he call those? He's got a name for them, but I can't yeah, remember he does. what it is. It's a like Blade a, Buddy. Yeah, Blade Buddy. It's a sleeve, like, a, yes. that goes over your blade. A nice, like, neoprene type of sleeve mm-hmm. that goes over your blades that, uh, protect your blades, you know, especially when you put them in your cars and they, they like to touch, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So a bunch of that stuff and a bunch of skid mounts and things, you know, the good stuff that random, uh, that random RC makes. Uh, Eagle Drift donated, uh, a choose your kind, choose your own size and KV motor. Uh, oh, gift wow. certificate. So, nice. you know, anything from their small motors up to their 50 can. Damn, nice. Um, you can, you know, pretty much order any motor in KV. So that, uh, yep, that was that's, a prize. One of the grand like prizes. That's the best way. <laughs> that's like the best way a motor manufacturer could. Yes. Cause a lot of times Completely. you get a motor and you're like, I don't have anything to use this motor in. So yeah. you just give oh, it to your right. buddy. But that right. way you get exactly what you need. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Especially yeah, so like that next kit that you want to build, mm-hmm. you know, perfect motor. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's a win motor, like you're saying, because you mm-hmm. could win something in iron. I have no use for it. Right. Like right. That. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. Ego Drift actually does that nice. And last but not least, this was a last minute. Like I didn't even put it on the flyer because this was so last minute. But, uh, yeah, Sudong and Ting, uh, donated a set, um, the cyclic set of Kenny Co's um, Theta servos. Oh, nice, cool. Yeah, so we auctioned that off. Damn. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm actually was looking at Theta servos earlier because I got to get something nice. for this this V2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, definitely want to give it a huge shout out to all the sponsors. I, I thought that was amazing. Um, 
the overall pilot count was 37 registered pilots. And for the first year, I think that's an amazing yeah, that's great. amount of pilots. Yeah, that is, that's yeah, awesome. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, there were, there were folks that, you know, wanted to come and a bunch of folks that were slated to come, but, you know, obviously, plans change and things happen. So, but yeah, 37. I'll take it. That's great. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. That's like, um, uh, what, our first free fall event. Well, we had 19 and we had a great time. And, and then the second one was around that 30. Yeah. yeah. It was around that 37, 38 or so. Upper, yep. I knew you'd get quite a good turnout because of yeah. Fred- Fredericksburg kind of getting mm-hmm. rained out. I figured. Yeah, I expected more because of that. But like I said, you know, people originally planned on it, but then, then you know, things yeah. changed. It happened. So, um, something different that I did on this this uh, event than I, I normally do in any events. Um, first of all, is I did a raffle. I never do a raffle normally. Like, I'm, I'm just, even at Free Fall, I, I did it once and that was it. I, I didn't want to do raffles anymore. Right. But we did a raffle, but during the raffle, you know, every time you do a raffle, everyone's gathered around center stage and, you know, no one's really flying. And, you know, it kind of like slows down everyone's like movement of like flight and, and, and excitement, right? Because you're not just waiting for a number to be called. So, uh, Rob, Rob brought his T1 turbine jet. Um, it's a pretty big jet. Sports jet, uh, fast, you know. Um, and then Austin, CV also brought a uh, 120cc 3D plane. And, you know, I was like, yeah, for night flying, do that shit, whatever, fly it. But I had an idea. I was like, at noon time, when we're doing these, or, you know, when we do the raffles at one o'clock, why don't we have a couple demos go in the background and, and let's do airplane demos. Let's do something different, you know? So we had, uh, we had two turbines fly and, and one 3D airplane. So, Rob went first with the T1 and did an awesome flight, you know, smoking all, rocketing down the flight line, man. Nice. It's like 200 miles per hour plus, whatever. That thing is fast. Um, sounds real good. And then, uh, we had Austin go up at the 3D plane and he did a show, you know, crankshafts and all that stuff up in the air. Um, dipping his tail into the weeds and all that, into the soybeans and stuff. Uh, and then, Mike DePaulo came with his SAB Lizard, so of course. <laughs> well, my Mike, you got to do a demo flight with that thing, so you know, impress all the, the you know, the heli folks and plankers, uh, you know, the club members and stuff. The uh, showing them a nice, like, acrobatic, you know, jet that can pretty much just harry and hover around. Uh, nice. It's pretty. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. No. Yeah. So overall, the raffles and the demo took about 35, 40 minutes. So I thought that was a pretty good way to kind of get through it quick. You know, give a show while you can possibly win something as well. Nice. Cool, man. Um, uh, let's see about flights. I guess uh, I did do some flying. I didn't do a lot of flying there. Um, I did do a bunch of flights on my S2 with, uh, Austin. He had one. So we were kind of just doing, you know, tandem flights. And, uh, yeah, I crashed it a whole bunch, you know, as I do with that helicopter. Um, let's see. Beyond that, I did do some 580 flights. I did one flight on a 420. Um, I just kind of been busy. Later at night, though, I did a couple of flights. And, you know, Lamont and Cliff and a whole bunch of people, they've all been doing these Nightbird flights. Uh, Monty, too. Monty's, you know, big on him. He's been doing it for as long as I've, I think I've known Monty, where 
He puts uh, night blades on, mains and tails, and then just sticks a couple glow sticks on the helicopter and fly it. Yep. So, I bought night blades like five, maybe six years ago. Um, ever since the, after the first time I went to um, Rochester, I wanted to do a night setup, so I bought night blades. So, I have a set of night blades that are like, you know, whatever, five, six years old, um, which includes the batteries being five, six years old. Um, and a set of tail blades. Uh, these are all Switch. You know, just, I've been a Switch pilot for forever. So, these are the six, I think they're 700s, or I don't think they do that 690 thing for the, the night blades. But, um, yeah, 700 size night blades with the 105 or whatever tail blades that Switch makes. Uh, replace the batteries on the tail blades because I knew those would be, you know, pretty much toast by now. I mean, it hasn't started. You know, I could tap it and one light kind of turns on. And I was like, that's not enough. There's two lights on this thing. So that's not working. So I ro- I swapped those batteries out. Uh, gotta th- give a shout out to Cliff, Cliff Lewis for hooking me up with a, uh, a battery charger for the blades, main blades. Um, the one I had was only like a cigarette lighter one. That's all they had in stock. But he had one that was an AC adapter, so he gave that to me. And so I was able to charge up those those uh, night blades. And uh, uh, I figure, well, you know, I have a battery charge for the Puma. Let's see what it looks like to put night blades and glow sticks on a Puma and fly it at night. And I did. Yeah, it was like, like almost 2 o'clock in the morning. It was like 1 something in the morning. And it was cool. It was fun. Because you can really fly out of lights, but still, like, if there's a little bit of ambient light from the light tower, you can kind of, you know, you can still obviously see the heli 100%. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was just kind of running, like, tank 2 at 1700 and just having fun. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> night blades suck. <laughs> you can definitely see it go out of track every time I, I go too crazy on the collective, you know, when I try to, like, smack it around. You can definitely see those blades go out of track, but, uh. But it was fun. It was fun to fly those, and I was surprised that those night blades and those batteries worked uh, so many, so many years later without using them, you know? Uh, my week's kind of dragging on, so I'm going to go quick. Uh, wrenching on the Black Thunder, uh, I took off the Spirit GTR. Um, you know, I, I have no motivation to work on that or to tune it. So I was talking to Monty, and, and you know, I think the next uh, Telemotos podcast is next... Uh, Flybrow's unit that's going to be coming up is going to be the Spirit unit. And it was going to be a non-GTR, like an older version, I think a GT. And I was like, you guys can just borrow my GTR and my DS14. You know, so I actually met up with Monty today. And he uh, picked up yep, the, the Spirit and my DS14, which is kind of funny because I bought it off of Rich. So it's kind of going back to his hand eventually. <laughs> That's kind of weird, but, uh, yeah, kind of off that, uh, you know, a telemoto podcast wants to mess around with a GTR and a DS14, <laughs> but maybe they think the GTR is some type of grand touring racing thing and a DS14, some type of muffler for their bikes. I don't know, <laughs> but, you GTR know, GTR does sound like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe yeah. some like chip thing for their motorcycles or something. That's what they think. I, I told them it's a fly bros, you know, I don't know. Anyways, beyond that, one last thing I did is, uh, the kids actually colored up their the FD Cub that I was building for Hunter. They colored up the wing and the fuselage and put some stuff on it. So Hunter's like, okay, <laughs> are we going to finish this? So uh, I put some electronics in there. So I got a V-bar, mini V-bar, 
um, with like four whatever cheap hobby king five gram servos, um, all glued in there. I just not need to make uh, control rods and and then put a prop in a landing gear, or I might not do a landing gear. Maybe just do a belly landing and, and call it done. So nice. I'll have that uh, for the kids soon. Oh, I, I did buy a plane. I bought that F fifteen. Um, that flight small little F fifteen, like a. 64 millimeter EDF. Oh, okay, cool. Blue one, blue, it's like a blue camo, blue, white, and gray or something like that camo. I don't know. This is like one jet I saw, like a video when it came out like three years ago, two years ago that you know, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I Maybe I find this. one cheap one day, I'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. And a club member had one pretty cheap, so I, I got that for them. Picked it up. I haven't put it together. It still needs to like, you know, get all the parts put together pretty much brand new. Cool. I remember talking about that plane. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one that like it would just like leave safe on and they would just like hand launch it. It was right. like straight in the air, forty five degrees, like like nothing, you know? Yeah, just usually when full throttle and pitch. Yeah. And just yeah. go. And it'll just go like no problem. Mm-hmm. And ever since I saw that, I was like, Oh, that's kinda cool because you know, most EDFs like they kinda wiggle woggle until they get some airspeed and you know, if you're like hand launching, you know, like a like yeah. a big one, let's say. So I'll be interested in trying this out. And I told I told Hunter I'll let him I'll buddy box him on it, so we'll see how that goes. Nice. All right. I think that's it for me. Let's uh move on to the main topic here then. Main topic. Right. Yeah, so a review of the SAB Goblin Raw four twenty. So this review is done by our very own Andy, so I'm sure it's gonna be very in depth. So yeah, what the let's hell start it off. <laughs> What's your first impressions of uh, right. the kit? First, we're talking about the SAB Raw 420. Uh, it retails for 589, but that includes main and tail blades and the motor. Comes with the nice. motor. Nice. Uh, first off, I probably wouldn't buy this kit if I was not doing a review. Not anything against the kit. I've just learned that I'm not a huge fan of this size. I always get them and I have them and I fly them a bunch to start with and then I hang them up and then never fly them again. So, but I wanted to do a review. There was a lot of buzz around this heli. And so here we are. Um, okay. First impressions, opening the box, it's SAB Goblin. I don't need to say anything else. They're all the same. They're packaged very well. Everything is in little baggies. Every bag uh, goes with a step in the manual. They make it... A page number. (laughs) They make it completely idiot-proof. So, that leads us to the build, I guess. Yeah. Um, I didn't write it in here, but the manual... Second to none, just like all SABs. Uh, they do a fantastic job with their manual. It's a printed out paper manual, comes in the box, color. Um, it's one of the best you'll ever see, if not the best. And I'm not really a f- big fan of SAB, but I'm becoming more and more. This is a second new kit I've built. I had a 570 back in the day, uh, so I'm not. Uh, I guess I'm trying to say I'm not a SAB fanboy, 
but when they do something great, I'll mention it. And they do a very good job on their manuals. So, uh, essay builds are, are SAB goblins are easy to build. Uh, you have to try really hard to screw one up. Uh, do think that's one reason they're very popular. There's a lot of forgiveness in the way you assemble it. You don't have to finagle with any little thing or really spend a lot of time um, getting everything just perfect, perfect, particular, which most of the kits are really good nowadays. Anyway, you know, back in the day, you, you know, you might have to sand here and file there and make sure stuff was square when you tighten the bolts down, all that kind of stuff. But the, these goblins go together very, very easy. Um, and this one is probably one of the simplest goblins I've ever seen to build. I mean, it's an exceptionally easy helicopter to build. There's just nothing to it. It's like two, not much to it. two side frames and then your, your motor blocks. plate with all your servos yeah. and electronics and stuff and the tail. I mean, it, there's just not much yeah. to it really. Um, the only thing that can be difficult is the parts are small. Like the, and this is relative to a, a bigger heli. Obviously, if you're used to working on an M2, then it's, you know, I'm, it, it, but it's all relative. Compared to a six or a 700 or even a 550, a lot of the, the stuff in the tail, and because it's a SAB, it has a dampened tail. So getting all that stuff together is so small. It's small. I mean, it, it's not like it's difficult, but you, you have to, you know, you got to be able to work with tiny little bearings and stuff. The bearings and the follower arms are really tiny. Uh, mm-hmm. and then the tail mechanics, the, the rest of the stuff's really not bad. The, the main head reminds me of a tail rotor for a 700. I mean, it's, yes. it's basically the same size. Yeah, um, grip size, yeah. But there's nothing about it difficult to put together. Very, very easy. Uh, I did have an issue with the the tiny bearings in the follower arms not fitting really great in the the arm itself. Uh, they don't come uh, bonded in, so you have to do that yourself. I originally just put some blue CA thread locker, which is not the correct thing to use, but I've used it in the past because normally they're tight enough that it doesn't really matter anyway. That didn't work, so I got out the retaining compound. That didn't work, but my retaining compound was old, so maybe it was bad. It Retaining compound should fill a gap and... and fix this issue Dry it out yeah that right. well i mean it, it was liquid but it just didn't set like i left it overnight and they were still loose in the hole the next day so i ended up using medium ca glue to set mine and it's been working fine ever since uh this is a thing and i did a spoke about this a few weeks ago this is a type of of place where you got to be super 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 careful when you're using even Loctite or sleeve retainer or CA glue, you got to put it on the bearing and slide it down in the hole. Make sure none squishes to the bottom of the hole and it goes up in the bearing or anything like that. 
you, you, these are things are tiny. Like I would put them on a toothpick and take a toothpick, dip it in the um, like the CA glue, and I would rub a little bit to the outside of the bearing, not put it in the hole, and then when I push the bearing in, the excess pushes to the top, and you can take a paper towel and wipe it off. Yep. So it's, I usually it, um, something similar. I just use a toothpick, but I use it on the on the lip of the bearings because they're flanged. And they're they're so small that the tolerance between too loose and too tight is damn near nothing. So I don't really fault them for that, that there's a little bit out of tolerance because you they've machined a hole and then they've anodized it. And I mean, the correct way to, would be to take the anodizing back out. So you could set something in there, but they don't do that. That costs more money. So they don't. So I'm surprised that they fit as good as they do, even though they're not great. Um, cause these are tiny little bearings or like five millimeters or something. OD. Yeah, um, just be more. aware of that when you're building one that you may have to spend a little extra attention to make sure those bearings are, are seated correct. Cause if, if they're not, we put it all together. There's a lot of play in those following arms, which will throw your phasing off. I mean, it's, you can, you could rock it by the, the swatch back and forth. Uh, the other thing was I used a 95 amp YGESC, so it's a little bigger than the 65 or the 60 or even the 80 hobby wing. So getting the motor wires and the ESC wires to lay the way I wanted down in the tray was a bit annoying. Um, not really a big problem, just I wanted them to go a certain way and it was kind of a pain in the ass. But I, I eventually got it all to work. Um, one other little thing, and this is, I'm nitpicking now, but the, you have vinyl stickers that you apply to the side frames and the bolt holes are cut out like it's die stamped, I assume. And the bolt holes on mine were not cut fully. So it's like about half the hole was cut. So I had to take a little exacto and trim around each little hole or else when you tried to pull it out, it would pull. It would rip the vinyl and cause a, a bigger hole to appear. Um, like I say, this is nitpicky little things, just stuff to be aware when you're building one. Vinyl work. <laughs> yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Shit. It really is a pain in the ass to get it on all straight and no wrinkles. I could, and all that I could stuff. only imagine people who do like the TDR canopies and stuff. Like I would be so like. Ugh. That yeah, the, cool. um, the the Diablos where you got to put the whole yeah, the Diablos thing on. and the whole. Windshield part. Oh yeah. my god! It's a it's it's a pain in the ass. I agree. Cool. Uh, how about your setup? All right, I've running the SAB S line four twenty main blades and the seventy millimeter tails. Those are the ones that come in the kit. The stock motor is a eighty two ten two hundred ten kV with a one way bearing built in. I'm running Theta THS921 micro coreless servos on the cyclic and a Theta Sabre T1 on the tail, which is a mini brushless. Uh, the YGE 95 amp LV TESC, I spoke about before, and I'm using the telemetry straight into a JD receiver, which also gives me some integration uh, to change a few settings but not very many 
uh, MSH Brain 2 Fly Barless, JD Receiver, as I spoke about. And I've been trying, uh, testing out some different LiPos. I've got a 6S2200, a 6S2450, a 5S2700, and then some 6S2600s. I'm not finished testing on all those in the 6S versus 5S and stuff, so probably revisit that at a later date. Um, yeah. So I've been like running all kinds of different. Com- yeah. Huh? yeah. I like to have a sidebar conversation with you about that. Okay, um, sure. I've been messing around to 5S too, so I'm just curious what your thoughts. Yeah. The, so the weight of this heli, the way I have it set up, is 1,268 grams, or 2.795 pounds. That's without the battery because I've run so many different batteries, and they all weigh different. I'm running, let's see, I've got them wrote down here, from 360-gram packs all the way up to 411 grams. So... To get kind of a base weight, I'm 2.79 pounds or 2.8 basically. Uh, and then you can weigh your pack and that'll get you somewhere really, really close if you have components that weigh similar to what I'm using. All right. All right. So on to the first flight, I guess. Yeah. What's your first flight like? Uh, the Maiden was uneventful. Nothing blew up, yeah. which I wasn't expecting it to. Uh, so I flew it around after the, you know, I do a maiden, I put it in a hover for like three seconds and I just start flying around yeah. trying to, start tossing it around, trying yeah. to explode it, do some overspeeds, all that yeah. kind of stuff. First thoughts, I hate it. So second flight, I did a little bit of tuning and I thought, I don't like it. In the third flight, I did some more tuning. I thought, man, it's okay, I guess. Fourth. What kind flight. of tuning are you doing? Like just so that because you're you're tuning and it looks like your your opinion's changing. Yeah. What kind of tuning? Um, like head tuning, head speeds, you know, just um, more of so uh, feel stuff like rates, okay, so style, rates, rates and, stuff, okay. and style stuff. Um, not really gain stuff so much. There's really no bad tendencies. I didn't have any head wobbles or anything. I tweaked around with the tail gain just to get it always, yeah, to get it good. But um, it was more feel okay. stuff. Um, okay, cool. Expo, uh, pitch expo, pitch pump, um, feed forward, which is a thing on the brain, um, and then the rates. Mainly the rate okay. stuff, like the pit, the flip and roll rates. Yeah. So I'm up to my third flight. Fourth flight, I start messing around with the head speeds. Um, I don't know what I was doing on the maiden and stuff. Probably right around 28 or it might have been 3,000. I don't remember. It's, it feels a little high. <laughs> yeah, I was just going. Yes, it is very like high. Just going with like whatever, 70 on the ESC or something. Get a feel for it because I knew it was. It's well, I get into that. It's over geared, even though it doesn't have gearing. Um, so I'm like, ah, it's not so bad. And then the fifth fly, a little more tuning. I was like, it's kind of fun. 
And then the sixth flight, I did some low head speed. I'm hey, I like this now. What was your low head speed? I think, well, I went all the way down to 22 or 23, but that's way too low. Yeah, <laughs> it's low, like no less. Well, I was just trying, I was, you know, I'm doing a review. I got to test all the speeds. Uh, yep. It will fly, but just barely. Barely. 24 yeah. is where I settled as like a low head speed. And that's almost too low. I mean, that's, that's still too low. That's low. That's still like all collective, all cycling to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not like smack it around 3D. It's, it's low. Do your like slower pyro flips and sport fly around and don't throw it at the ground because it's going to take a couple feet to stop. <laughs> Yeah. Top situation. But I, I started having fun with it. And then I, I kind of settled in. The 25 to 2600 RPM is, I feel like, kind of the sweet spot for me. And I started really having fun with it. Nice. So nice. The, po- the point of that, I guess, is I went from not liking it at all at first. And I kind of got mm-hmm. a, a few little tweaks to it. Uh and I'll talk about this later. It's it's a little different, so you can't expect to just run your your normal stuff that you would on a regular heli and expect it to perform the same as you expect. You got to tweak it just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, did you crash? I did crash. Did right? Yeah. I remember. Yeah. So after several flights at twenty four hundred, flying around, I, I mean, I did shoot five or six seven flights over several days at 2400 and i cranked it back up to like 27 or 28 to do some stuff and i was like damn this is fast now it's like too fast (laughs) all right so i I start banging the sticks around and i talked about this on the show i was doing some kind of traveling flip flippy Uh floppy flippy shit like kevin does Yep. Rolling flips? Yeah, I was doing rolling flips. <laughs> and rolling flips. <laughs> I, yeah. And I just completely dumb-thumbed it straight in the ground. I can't tell you if I was supposed to go up and I went down or if I was supposed to go down and I went up. But whichever way I went, I went the wrong way. And it was like hitting the ground before I even could think. I did get throttle hold, but I mean barely. Like it was in the beans when I hit throttle hold. And I walked over to it, and I'll be damned if there was almost nothing wrong with it. I I stripped the servo horn, and I built the tail boom up. The tail boom's now like five degrees going up more than it should be. Uh, I even straightened the servo horn back out and put it back up in a hover just to see if anything was bent. It was smooth as could be. Nice. I was completely dumbfounded by this because the way I hit the ground or hit the beans, and it did hit beans, so that did take some of the energy out of it. I I was surprised that the blades didn't break, the plastic pitch arms didn't break, the uh, the blades didn't hit the boom and knock a big dent in it or, or something. I was just absolutely amazed that nothing really broke. I I mean, I stripped a plastic servo horn that's designed to strip. That's like the best possible scenario. Yeah. 
So I was pretty impressed. That's awesome. Of course, every crash is different. You know, you can tip one over and damn near destroy it, or you can actually hit the ground and almost nothing breaks. I I may have lucked up or whatever, but that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I did see one at the event this weekend that that went in tail first and. Yeah, the it had the uh, the fuselage style boom, and of course that came off. But like the the rest of it, like the mainframe, there was really nothing wrong with the frame. I mean, it, it it's pretty sturdy. For what yeah, it is. the canopy is kind of like bouncy. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of like you know bounces. You can move it a little. So it will just kind of like probably soften some of that impact or take some of that energy. Yeah. It's, it's pretty durable. I, th- I think it'll be pretty durable. It's, yeah. There's not there's not a lot there, but there's also it's not super heavy. So, you know, yeah, it, there's l- a lot less energy. And then, like you say, the, the canopy absorbing some of that helps and, you know, whatever. Awesome. All right. Uh, so what are your likes, your pros for this uh, helicopter? All right, it's it's simple. It's very easy to build, low parts count. Uh, that's probably the number one thing. Uh, it flies well at every head speed I tested it. I think I went, I might have went all the way down to 22, which just barely flies, but it didn't even bobble. 24, yeah. 25, 26, no bobble. I couldn't find any head speed that it would do the bobble. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Heli, and maybe this is a thing of the past, but used to every heli I had, if you went too low, it would start doing this like wobbly thing. And you could go down 100 and it would smooth out, or you could go up 100 and it would smooth out. But there was always a couple That's ranges where it yeah. would just bobble. Yeah. This one's smooth and it's great. I think I went all the way up to 33, maybe 34, which is screaming. I feel like. But oh, I did 85%. I was screaming. Yeah, it's 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 too much. <laughs> much. Yeah, it's over the recommended value as well too. So yeah, what is the recommended value? Do you know? 3,000, 3,100. It's like yeah, 3,000 is the recommended in the manual. Okay. Well, they're selling a uh, tail pulley for over three thousand, so I didn't know what they recommended. I guess, and I guess with that you can then run higher. Because I think that's the worry. Because uh, I mean, a tail pulley is not like super high; it's under five. It's like four nine or yeah. No, it's even less. It's like four and a four half. Four and a four point five. Yeah. Oh. But being that you know the tail ratio is not super high, even at low head speed, that tail. Oh, and I don't know if it's a 70 millimeter blade or something. Oh, it, the tail like, ratio is four to one. Four to one. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty low. Yeah, yeah. And I've got a note about that down, bo- down below. I was, I was worried about the tail ratio. Honestly, I was war, I was worried that if you're not running it three grand, that yeah. it, it would be insufficient, but it mm-hmm. actually held really well. Like, I wasn't able to blow it out even at 2,400. Right, right. Yeah. So. Same. I think. You think, the, like, four to one is low. Like, even the alliance with the four or five was, like, or four, something, you know, in the mid fours would 
not be enough. Like he. Well, they they were always down in like three eights and stuff. Oh, was it that low? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. My mistake. Um, I think they've upped that recently, but it used to be down in the three and a half to three point oh, yeah, eight. No, that's way, way low. So my thought was anything four four and a quarter to four and a half was sufficient. Of course, four point eight or five is even better. I guess these tail blades, these 70 millimeter S-line tail blades are pretty good because I didn't have any issues with the tail whatsoever. Yeah, me neither. Even after my dog chewed half the beta, <laughs> I still floated. Uh, I, cool. Now, I didn't, I got this in the likes and I did absolutely zero research for this. I feel, I think it'll be relatively inexpensive to crash and maintain. And by saying I did no research, I didn't look up parts prices for anything. <laughs> but I assume it's going to be less expensive to crash and maintain than other goblins and probably mm-hmm. some other brands. Other br- There are brands that's probably going to be a lot cheaper. But I, I don't feel like a lot of things are going to break. I really don't, so I can't see it being a super expensive heli to crash. You know how some helis, just every time you hit the ground, it's like 150 bucks. Oh, yeah, easily. And some helis, yeah. it's 50 bucks. I feel like this is going to be more on the lower end of that. And I could be completely wrong. This is just my feeling. <laughs> Looking I'll at share it, my experiences. And my I've one crash a couple times um, already, was so. pretty, yeah. pretty inexpensive. Well, and you got the size of it, too. Right. Right, right. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the boom's not expensive. Um, those pitch arms, I don't know what they're going to be, but I, I can't imagine it being more than like 15 bucks or 20 or something. Uh-huh. So I don't think it's going to be super expensive. Uh, it's unique and different. It's a 420 size direct drive, which is kind of uh-huh. cool. Uh, I was able to CG with all those different lipos, and I really did not expect that. The way the the battery tray is, and you have limited room and limited room to move the batteries forward and backwards. Yeah, I, we're talking about fifty grams of. Yeah, when I looked batteries. at it, I was like, "There's no way this is going to CG with all these packs." Right. But son of a bitch, I was able to get it perfect. And I only had to move the pack a few millimeters each I was way say, to, make right? it, yeah. to make it work. So, okay, nice. I, I guess they picked the, just the perfect position for that. And awesome. uh, the last on my list is it's very simple to set up because there's no gearing and only one main blade available. Yeah. So that, and that brings me to the dislikes. My number one dislike is there's no gearing and only one main blade blade available. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We talked about this in our direct drive episode a few weeks ago, whenever that was. It's a plus and a minus. It's a positive and a negative, this whole direct drive setup. I wish the motor was a little bit lower KV because it's... It's a, it's screaming. It, yeah. If you go up to eighty five percent on your ESC, it's it's too much, way too much. It's screaming. 
I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think I was down in the like sixties, maybe seventy was the highest one, like sixty-two, three, four, five, somewhere around in there. Get you like around 55, that fifty-five, sixty-two, and like sixty-eight. Yeah, I don't so it's it's numbers. it's way out of the proper range to make your ESC happy. Um, that's part of why I went with the ninety-five amp. But the main reason I went with the 95 amp is I knew I probably won't keep this and I could use a 95 amp in a 500 or something on down the road. Yep. Um, honestly, I think a 60 or 65 would probably be fine. I have not tested that with mine. I, I did do some, I, I did collect some data. When I'm doing the batteries, but I'm not finished with it as far as temperatures and stuff. Um, okay. So we'll definitely have to revisit that at some point. Um, and only one main blade available. And I'll get into that a little bit more in a few minutes. The So the battery latch is a... Uh, you turn it like 180 degrees. It has a... Uh, an angled piece and then you have a lever that that comes up and down the angle like a a ramp like an incline plane so as you as you twist it it rubs across the angle and pulls the latch out that makes sense am i describing that right steve i feel like i'm fucking around i don't know the best yeah it's hard it's really hard to describe because yeah you're talking about a cylinder with an angle on it and that's a Again, yes. a perpendicular so you, piece that yeah, rotates so you, around it. Yeah, you a took a cylinder, you spot. cut it 45 degrees, you have a lever. Mm-hmm. The lever's at the low spot, it's engaged, Closed. twist it, mm-hmm. and it opens. It pulls a pin yep. out. Yep. I'm not a huge fan of it. You've got an aluminum lever, an aluminum thing, so you've got aluminum on aluminum that's like rubbing and galling and this and that. I put some grease on it, and then you just make an aluminum honing paste with it yeah and so i I don't if one of those pieces was metal or brass or anything else it would work much much better and i'm nitpicking it's not a big deal but i have something to nitpick on that battery latch too okay but i'm done with the latch what have you got so my problem and yeah i'm a bad team pilot i should and then we don't know, but if he just notched that cylinder part where, you know, you, you had that 45 degree cut, if he mm-hmm. just notched it where the battery thing would click in, mm-hmm. I would feel like it would, I would have more confidence in that latch because it doesn't click in that it can kind of like be not at the lowest point. It could kind of be a little bit off to the side or a little bit up. Like it doesn't always sit at the low point because eventually your spring, the spring loaded is going to wear, it's going to loosen up and it's not going to have that like beta where it, it, you know, locks pin locks it in. Yeah, I see what you know? you're saying. I don't. It, I think the spring's strong enough. Like when I flip it around, it immediately goes to the the low point. Mine stays. Yours will stay somewhere. It'll stay. It'll stay in any position I leave it at. Yeah. Hmm. No, mine's way stronger than that. Like mm. you oh, flip oh, it. Mine is. Mine is a. 
uh, beta. Maybe the springs are different or something. Could have been something modified up or updated. And um, um, what I kit. what I started getting in the habit of doing, which is this just reminds me of one time I almost had an issue. When I pull the tray out, I flip it back to closed, and then when I push the tray in, it it will you know automatically push it out and and click itself in you know that the tray's engaged yeah i did take off once and forgot to flip the thing started flying and saw the battery start to slide out and was able to land and then lock it but that's how easy i could have lost the pack so after that i started i pulled the latch slide the battery out flip the latch back to closed position and when i push the new one in it's a like it's a solid, satisfying click, and you know you're engaged. So I, I, I do the opposite now. Well, not opposite, but um, I don't ever turn it back all the way 180. I just pull the pin and pull the battery out. Yeah. And when I put it in, I also pull the pin a little to just kind of okay. help it off that edge. And then yeah. it gets to that, like, you know, chamfered edge. Mm-hmm. And then and then I can just click, and it makes that nice, like, click noise. And, yeah, you know, the right. pin seats it well. But when I take it out, I just pull the pin and pull the pack out. Like, I don't yeah. even rotated or anything. I wonder if they changed the springs. Because this spring is did. strong. Like it's I don't yeah. even know if you could just pull it out. No, my string is not it. strong at all. Okay. Maybe, maybe they probably that changed maybe that. Yeah. It could be. Maybe I didn't tighten it down. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's your fault. Maybe you put it together wrong. Instructions, what are those? Uh speaking of that, you could probably put a cup I could put a couple washers in there to tighten your spring up. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. You might run out of it's room. It's fine. Ain't, ain't it. Right, right. Or close all the way, which would be really bad. <laughs> uh, right. Let's what see. Where am I there? at? Battery latch. Uh, I said that the motor KV is a little bit high for 6S unless you want to run like blazing hot head speeds. Now, that being yeah. said, I think they made this motor as big as you could make it. To get the KV any lower, the motor can's got to have to be bigger. And it's already sticking yes. out a pretty good bit. Yes. So yes. I don't think you could physically more. make it much better than they did. I, I feel they probably did the best job they could. But it's still a little hot for what it is. I mean, it's a little high for success. If you want to run down in that 25, 26, 2800 rpm your esc is going to be down in the low 70s or 60s on your throttle um oh motor bullets it doesn't come with they give you the motor but they don't give you any motor bullets i know um so you should be aware you need to order some more motor bullets some Probably four millimeter, I guess. Three and a half, four. I use three and a half. Yeah. Um, I have a stock of bullets in all sizes from like two millimeter to six or seven. So it wasn't an issue. But I'm built, when I was building this, I was building it as thinking of somebody here could be your first kid or whatever. Be aware that you, you need some motor bullets. I feel like it would have only cost them a dollar and they could have thrown. You know, threw some in the kit since it's coming with the motor. Most time when you buy a motor, it comes with bullets. Yep. I agree with that one. All right. 
you have any tech tips? Uh, a couple things to note. You got to shim the main shaft. I had to put a couple shims in mine. The shims are included in, with the kit. Uh, be aware of that. Take the slack out, but don't over shim it. You're just going to create drag for no reason. Uh, I'm aware on that bearing. Yes. I broke a link when I was screwing it onto the shaft by not paying attention. I think I was watching TV or doing something else. Uh, so be aware of that. The, these links are really, really cool because they have a, a cutout, a hole that you can see when the, the threaded rod yeah. is coming up in there and starting to bottom out. Like you, it's the one side has a hole in it. I think that's really, really cool. I've never seen any other links like that. And I, I really like, think that's a really great feature. But even with that, I wasn't paying attention. I screwed one in too far and broke it. Yeah, it'll what pop right hell, through man? that link part. Yeah, what the hell? So be aware of that. Don't don't be a dummy like me. Uh, I spoke about the follow arm bearings. Um, I had to use CA glue. Be ultra careful. However you mount that with the, the glue and the adhesive and stuff, because you definitely don't want to get any kind of glue in your bearing. And then I use the SAB servo horn kit that goes with the 380 i guess or it's made for micro and mini servos and i had to drill the holes out to fit the the ball in i think it's a two millimeter maybe or maybe i drilled it one and a half whatever it was i had to drill it out it was too small you couldn't physically thread the thing in there so just be aware of that Uh, let's see. Anything else? Did you do any? Really, the only mod, the only mod, and I don't, I hesitate even calling this a mod. I used the, I used XT60 on my ESC, and I 3D printed a little mount to hold it under there. They have a nice aluminum one. It just wasn't available when I was doing this. It, it is available now. If I had to do it now, I would just buy that little mount. It's just a few bucks. Yeah. I 3D printed one. It's a little bigger because of being 3D printed. I had to make it a little bigger. Um, it works fine. Um, of course, they you have it comes with the the Quick Connect system. Uh, I didn't really want to do that because I've got all these different batteries and I didn't want to to mess around with that. So I just mounted the XT60. The mounted the male the ESC. And then my batteries, I just click it in, I plug it in. It's super simple. I mean, I guess the the um, the Quick Connect one is is nice, but it seems unnecessary to me, honestly. Um, you're using the Quick Connect, aren't you, Steve? You like it? Yeah, I like it, but there are pros and cons for it. And I mean, the first. Like the pro is that like it's easy. It's yeah, you just click, slick boom, it, you just shove it in there and you're good to it, go. Boom, pop it out, you're done. Yeah. The cons, the only real con I see is that like you know, um, let's say you're flying at an event and you're in a queue. Yeah. Normally in a helicopter, I put my battery in and I will leave my wires sticking out right. that I can 
right, get in right, at the last right. minute. And, you can have it uh, everything but plugged in and then walk up the flight line and plug it in. Right. So, yeah. so now I'm carrying a battery, the helicopter, and my transmitter because I can't put the battery in there, right? If yeah. I click it, it'll latch and, you know. Th- oh, speaking of that, I think some people have took and cut another notch in their battery tray um, to hold the battery in but not engaged with the connector. Mm, interesting. So That's you can you can that, click that it. That would work. Yeah, yeah the first click, click it, would be like an, an earlier click. And then you'd have to click it again, like pull yeah. the trip. The, the, the latch yeah, out, lock. push it in another, you know, yeah, 10 millimeters whatever. or whatever, and then it'd be engaged. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a way yeah, around that. Work. That would just be cutting a slot, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Uh, there's a mod. Yeah. 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 Uh, I just went with the XT60 because I didn't want to be bothered with buying more quick connectors or yeah, anything. Yeah. When, when you, <laughs> I'll talk to you about my 5S that help you get a kick out of that. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I didn't really do many mods to it. Mm-hmm. But that's a mod you can do, right? Your yeah. quick connect, mm-hmm. cut an extra slot in the battery tray, and you can use it as a the pre-stage, you know, right. get the battery for, in there. For me, I didn't feel like the convenience of being able to just click the battery in and it be in, like it turn on the heli mm-hmm. was worth the inconvenience of having to come up with the things to charge the packs and either come up with more wiring to connect the the battery pack to the quick connect or take the xt60 off your batteries and hardwire them directly in it just yep, seemed like a lot pack. more yep. fiddle dicking around that really wasn't worth it just for the cool click together and it engages thing so i just chose to go the other way just everybody can you can do it any way you would like yeah, when I bought my 320, it was like, or 380, it was like that. Mm-hmm. Had the quick connects all. That was already previously done, and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I liked it, but I didn't know the difference. Yeah. I mean, if I had I one and I had a three packs here that already had it, I mean, I'd definitely use it. It yeah. just didn't yeah. seem worth me to have to order those. Oh, no, and you're experimenting. And crap. Yeah. Yeah, and you're experimenting with batteries and stuff, so yeah. All right. I had to I had to look up that mat- that battery clip mount thing that you guys are talking about because I could not figure it out by your description. But uh, it wasn't but, but then when you look fault. at it, how do you describe it? Right, it's like this round cylinder thing. That's well, it's it's like a it's a slash point. cut mount with uh with an articulating piston thing in there that arm. rotates around on the slash. Articulate. It moves up rotates. and down. It's well, it rotates and, and it rotates and then it pulls it. Yeah. As you rotate, it ro- it moves up an inclined plane and then causes horizontal yeah, movement of the pin. It, it articulates. Okay. It I articulates. don't know. It just seems it seems very. I don't know. It just seems a little over engineered. Yeah, it's one little part. I mean, it's fine, but, but it's I don't know. Now can can you lock that? Like just that- the spring is all that holds it. Like when you flip That's it what over. I'm saying. It's There's no like in indent there. or like lock, you know, lock position. It's just like the low point is a lock position, you know. Right, but you so you can't lock it like in the high position. Yes, when you turn it, it has it. It will stay in the high position to put your batteries in and out. Mine will stay in either position, and when it's in the low position, it takes force to actually turn it to the high position. 
which is good, which is what you want. But uh, I would that may be that may also Steve that may also be why mine's grinding itself to death without grease Mm. on it every yeah I don't have any like mine mine doesn't have it like it has like you can see that it wears a little but it's not like you know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. like where you see you know grease on it now it's like you know then it gets gritty and it turns into like lapping paste you know that you exactly something with yeah right exactly. (laughs) But I could see that being an issue for idiots like me that would just then one day have it locked open. Well, that's what I did. I'm telling you, I did that. So apparently I'm an idiot like you, Kevin. (laughs) It can happen. That's why you got to be careful. And that's why I think having that indent would be like, okay, it's locked. Clicked in, you know, like. Yeah, but in my case, it wouldn't matter because I forgot to flip it the other way. Mm. See, I, I pulled it open, took the battery out. And then never flipped it the other way. No. And there's nothing. I think they're going to come out with a, like a, a door in the front. But the way it is now, there's nothing. The battery could just oh, shoot no. straight out. It could just puke it right up. And there would be nothing to hold it. <laughs> yeah. Just a wire. Not even really. No, I, yeah. wonder why they didn't, I wonder why they didn't go with those plunger puller type mechanisms that are on some of the other helicopters. Uh, I don't know. Wait, maybe. Well, yeah, because be that you I gotta be original. I gotta earn that sticker that says "Be Original." Well, but that way you can't lock it in the open position. Yeah, you can. Like the XL Power, you pull it out and you turn it quarter turn, yeah. and it'll lock in the open, yeah, or you, it'll lock yeah. in either way. Oh. There's no right or wrong way to do this. I mean yeah. it. It's a cool little latch, and I don't know how to make it better. Other than if they made the the handle part steel, I really wouldn't have a problem because it wouldn't be like two aluminum pieces grinding together. But it would have weighed an extra gram. So I must have gotten some different spring because mine is definitely not tight. (laughs) I got to check it out. I got to check out someone else's. uh, Maybe uh, mine's assembled wrong and it's not supposed to be that tight. I don't know. It feels. I'm looking at it right. You now. greased yours, Andy. You said. Well, I had to because it was really grinding. I got it greased now, but like it's. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I can move it like twenty degrees, catch, but it doesn't actually it start to pull out. I mean, I can, but it 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 takes a lot of force on my finger. Oh yeah, no, mine is like I could just. It up. All right. Well, I guess it's your final anyway. thoughts. All right. Final yeah. thoughts. <sighs> I wrote a bunch of crap here. <laughs> All right. This is a unique size heli. I'd call it a 380 stretch. But a 380 stretch is a stretch of a 360, which is a stretch oh. of the traditional 450. So <laughs> I would call this a stretch of a stretch of a stretch. What a stretch. Uh, yes. I might be stretching here. <laughs> Excuse me while I stretch. Oh, man. <laughs> of course, everything did grow a little bit every time as well. I mean, if you put a a 450 beside a whatever. A, 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 um, Late 360 CFX. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything gets a little bit bigger, but just a little bit. They get disproportionately longer versus overall bigger right 
True. I have a, an Oxy4 Max, and this sitting side by side, the, the 420 is a little bit taller. It's a little bit longer. Uh, the canopy size is not that much different. The head, like the distance between the the uh, blade bolt on the head on the 420 is only a few millimeters more than Oxy4 Max, maybe four millimeters. It's, it's very similar. It looks kind of like the spindle and everything is the same size. I'm not sure. Um, but it's it's a little different. So it, I really would call this a, a 380 stretch, really. Um, I mean, that's what it was originally, right? I mean, yes. Goblin so, stretch but, to 420. Right, right. And that's not a bad thing. Oh. I'm just saying, just kind of giving it what it is. It is when you can't get bigger blade or only one blade manufacturer. <laughs> so the the S line four twenty blades, they they are flared out a little bit more than like the Rotortech uh, three eighty blades that I had on my Oxy four Max. So they're slightly wider, but just very slightly. Um, but they're longer, so they're 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 long and skinny. Uh, I had some uh, old Align 425s I found in the closet. I had a Align 500. They're way bigger, like they're almost the same length, but they're they're fifty percent wider. Like they're they're it's a huge difference when you actually look at them. The lines 425. Yeah, just the regular 425 blades. They look more like a 500 blade that's only 425 long. Does that make sense? Yes. Where these look like a 325, 360, 380 blade that's just longer, like way longer. I I know what you mean. Yeah, they're still thin and long. And you still got that really, really small root and a pretty Uh small bolt hole or like blade bolt. Really size bolt hole. Yeah. Which is a 360 size. and. Probably right. a 450 size. Like the the size of the right. root of the blade has not gotten any bigger, right? But the blades got way longer. So, um, anyway, when you when you compare them, it's it's a huge difference. I should probably hold them up to camera so you can see, but um, just take my word for it. It's that's a big difference. Now, all that said, the Haley actually flies really damn good. But it's a little different. At low RPM and lots of pitch, the blades stall like all the time. Like anytime you get into a lot of pitch, you hear blade stall. And it doesn't feel to me as there's as much lift or pop as I was expecting. At I'm talking about down in the low 24, 25, 2600 RPM. It feels different. And I was able to kind of tune around that and get it to fly the way I expected. But it's not like just straight out of the box, you know, start ripping it around like most helis. Um, I got used to it after a couple flights. Um, and then at the higher head speeds, like 2800 and up, it's very quick. And I'd say flies more like what you would expect on the more stock settings. Uh, 
Uh, I talked about the tail ratio. I was a little concerned about that to start with, but it, it holds just fine. I couldn't get to blow out. I didn't have any problems with the tail whatsoever. Uh, I, I tried to even blow it out down at like 2400 and it, it held fine. I mean, it was no problems. Um, and so while there are some limitations due to the blades and then direct drive motor, we've talked about that. Those things are also a plus in many ways. This heli is insanely easy to build and have success with. All right, here, I bet even Ian can get it to work on the first try. No carburetor, I bet so. I mean, that's a low parts count. You could probably get this, and you wouldn't have to wrench at it on it at the fun fly. Uh, maintenance should be easy, as well as repairs after crashes. I expect it to be pretty durable. It's a fantastic size for a park or a ball field uh, to keep in your car for after work or just whenever lunch break type stuff. Me personally, I prefer a bigger heli for several reasons, but I can't say that this isn't a great heli for its size. Even though it's an, an odd size, I would probably rather have this than most of the 380s because it, it does have a, a slightly... Well, no, it has a bigger presence in the air than most 380s like because it's longer and the canopy's bright and it, it looks bigger than it really is. Um, after the harvest rush this year, I'll get more flights on it, continue testing the different batteries, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a few weeks or months or whatever. And have a little more data on that stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, All man. Right. Questions, comments. Oh, this was good. Um, definitely want to give your take on the, the 5S. Uh, yeah. Um, my findings are might be a little different than yours. Um, I can go into it if you want or not. I don't know. Yeah, you want to jump into it now or you want to save it for later? I mean, I have uh, some thoughts, but I'm definitely not done testing. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not done testing, but I'll give I'll give you my initials just so that okay. you know, you know, kind of where I'm coming from. But um, five uh, S six S to me, the it's not enough difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to try to do a four S pack. Okay. Because at five S, even recalibrating my ESC when I was at like. 75 was still screaming, still too much, you know, and I wanted to bring the ESC up to 89. So, um, you know, I tried 80, I tried 80 or 78 and it was like, I think around that 3000 mark. So it's getting closer, but I think I need to drop another cell. I'm going to try 4S pack just to see if I can get that. into. That'll get you up in the thing, but I think you're going to run out of power. Like it's yeah, gonna bog so, on you. Yeah. Um, Your voltage is just gonna drop. To, like, well, we'll see. Yeah, much. it could be. Um, it could be because five uh, S. I, I didn't notice any voltage drop, but five S is still pretty close to it. Yeah. And obviously, these packs that I got were new, but uh, 
I gotta send you a picture of the packs because uh, the the two five S thirteen hundred. Yeah, right. Run. So uh, I'm using a Quick Connect, right? So I have a Quick Connect that goes to XC sixty, that goes to two XC sixty, that goes to two packs. <laughs> <laughs> so when you see the wiring, you're like, "What the fuck is this shit?" You <laughs> but, added uh, half a pound of wires and shit on there. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. work good. <laughs> no, my yeah. uh, I've got to verify this, but my initial thought is. Uh, I wrote this down, the exact number, but I'm going to say that if you want to fly at under like 2,700, then the 5S would probably be better. But anything like 27 and up, the 6S, just go with the 6S. Yeah. Because it's not... it. The 5S did make a measurable difference in the temperature of the ESC down at like 25 or 2600. But but as you go higher up, it makes less of a difference. So, and it's so freaking impossible to find 5S packs that are good. Like I've got one here, but it's a piece of shit. So that's affecting my results too. But I had to do it right. Like it's, I'm trying to, trying to test this pack, but it's a piece of shit pack. Right. Versus a good pack, other a good success right. pack, then it, right. it's just, it's kind of difficult. So the success, I guess, I guess, okay, so put it this way. With a good ESC that has active freewheeling, I don't know that success is going to matter that much. Like it, even though you're only running at 60% thrall or whatever, or your output's down low. On a good ESC, I don't think it's going to be enough to really matter that much. Unless you're just really cranking on it at low head speeds, which you start getting to motor bogging down at that point anyway. So, just fly it at 2,800, if 3,000. If you want to smack it around and if you want to fly like me, then 25 or 6 is fine. I too bet my my banks are twenty five fifty and twenty seven forty or something like that. Yeah, like the right around those. Okay, all right. Awesome. It's a it's a good heli. I mean it's it's a little different. I I guess I should say uh, because it's so damn simple, and there's not anything to figure out. You just got to pick some servos. I think it would be a good first kit or a step up size heli from, you know, if you're flying blade stuff or whatever. And if if you're in that stage and you're sport flying and hovering and all that stuff, then the, the, the weirdness that I had to tune out, it's not going to matter to you. You're, I mean, it's, it flies fine. It's just, yeah. it has a different feel as far as like quickness off center and pitch and stuff. That is slightly different than a bigger heli. Yeah. And I was able to tune around that some to make it really do what I wanted to do, but it, it took a little more, a little more finagling. Uh-huh. So that's a good heli. I like it. Awesome. awesome. All right. Thanks, Ian. Andy. Okay. Let's move it to Ian's tech tip. You have one, right? Yes, I do. Dang. Dang, we're going to have more and better ones, right? right. I, I hope so. Um, 
This one here, I've been holding on to this one for a couple of weeks, and um, definitely wanted to get Andy's input on it. But um, I kind of changed the name of. If you look at the show notes, I kind of changed the name of it. This was actually um, Eric Bonfig's idea. He's like, change it to Tech Topic. That way, it's more enticing for you guys to chime in. But um, I figured I'd do a, a quick little touch on. Um, Quit trying to get us to do your job for you. I know, right? <laughs> and we're terrible idea. In, we're going to chime in no matter what. So, Yeah, with comments. But no, uh, with Heli X, you know, here and gone, and look how many people, you know, took their Heli for a swan dive, I figured why not touch on this subject a little bit? You know, what, what should we do when our shit, you know, Goes into the water or does a swan dive right into the mud. <clears throat> McGrady. Um, what should we do? Well, for submerged, uh, this is all stuff that I've kind of researched a little bit, either watching videos on, you know, electronics, you know, what, what do you do if you spill your water on your computer or whatever? You know, there's a lot of stuff that kind of ties into this, obviously, with the electronics. So I watched a series of videos, uh, did some reading online, all that shit to compile some of this. Um, as far as submerged, um, as far as submerged, unplug your battery immediately after recovery. Once you go out to that, the body of water you plowed your shit into, just once you receive your, uh, get your heli out of the water, fucking unplug it right away. A lot of times it will still be on, uh, you want to empty the water out of your machine, including opening up the receiver case and the servos uh, to dry up and try to dry as fast as you can up any of what you can get to uh, with like a like a microfiber towel or whatever. Um, I lost my spot. Um, you want to try to dry up everything as fast as you can. Um, Remove any uh, electronics from the airframe uh, would make this process much easier. Uh, if you can get a hold of an air chuck to help blow out any water out of any spaces or crevices that you cannot reach with the, the towel or a paper towel or anything. Uh, after drying what water you can uh, or blowing it out, uh, you can leave it out in the open. Uh, to continue the drying process, which... Uh, is highly recommended. Uh, you use like uh, you know open air uh, where there's you know, some airflow, uh, maybe a little bit of heat, not much, uh, to help with the evaporation process. Um, as your components are drying, take a little time to uh, remove any broken bits from your airframe after uh, your airframe is all cleaned down, free of uh, any water. Uh, yeah, you can clean down your uh, clean down your airframe. Um, after uh, cleaning it down, take some time to dry it off. Uh, if there's any like mud or debris or anything uh, all over it that you have a little trouble getting off, you can always hit it with a brush uh, and some water. Um, 
as far as electronics, if there's any mud debris on it, uh, you can actually rinse it down with uh, uh, distilled water. Uh, you can use alcohol, but if there's any type of like adhesives or anything on the actual circuit board, you can actually destroy that with the alcohol. That is what I've read. Um, Quick question. Is that use an air check to blow out any water out of spaces you cannot reach? Does that also include your electronics? Yes, that does include your electronics. Uh, I personally heard you should never do that. Really? Now you end up blowing the water deeper into the circuit boards and crevices of the chips and diodes and stuff, and you end up pushing the water deeper into things that might not have only gotten water on the surface. You take it all apart, you could maybe blow it out with it, but yeah, you gotta be very careful with air. Okay, I'd, that personally, I'd wash everything out with alcohol to get rid of all the muddy water and stuff. And the mm-hmm. extra water. You rinse it out with alcohol and that'll evaporate off and take the water with it. Because if you just yeah, dry, I mean, if you just lay it out in the sun to dry, you're gonna have all that, that, the Water will evaporate, and then all the dirt and dust and grit and shit will still be in there, and then that'd be a bad day. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying true. about adhesive stuff, but if you're taking it all the way down to the board, I don't think you'd have much of a problem with that. Yeah. But I don't know. I've never put a heli in the water. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Has anybody ever done this? Like, and I haven't successfully I, had anything work after this i've gotten a swimming pool with my phone before i had to take it apart and dry it out but yeah i I dropped a calculator in the toilet like a thousand years ago and put it in a bag of rice and it worked after that but nobody wanted to touch it i don't know i dropped a phone in the tub and i did the rice trick and it it, the phone was never right since but what i'm saying what i'm trying to get at is if i crash my anything in mud or in if i crash in a lake by the time I get to it to unplug power and huh? it's been submerged Australia. for like 10, 15 minutes now, that's done, dude. Like, I don't even Australia. think you would. Not yeah. always. Not always. That's why I would love to hear anybody's story who actually was able to recover. Well, I mean, there might be parts the, of it. Like your, your ESC and BC motor, may be dead. Your motor, motor should probably, be okay. Your motor will probably be fine. Your servos will probably maybe. be okay. They're pretty sealed up anyway. Your yeah, fly bars might bars. be fucked. Or it might be okay. I doubt it. I wouldn't your trust ES, it. Your ESC is probably going to be completely screwed, I'm guessing. But that raises, that raises another question, yeah. though. Okay, so you've got it, and it's now working. Are you going to use that again? <laughs> like, are you going to use right. psychic servos again? I don't uh, think I would. Chuck Bull has done it many times. I know he's had a few components actually quit working. Um Multiple but times, I'd he, quit flying over water if I had it happen more than once. <laughs> right. I give him shit all the time, but, you know, yeah, you should get a snorkel. <clears throat> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, obviously, the motor the motor shuts off. You can auto it down. But if, if you get a, something happens to your servo cyclic, I mean, you're just you're looking for oh, probably no. going to smash it, it anyway. Balls it up. Yeah. It falls yeah. It I up. mean, you might as well replace the servos at that point. ESC, and, I think, is going to be fried. Definitely. And then the I, you also have to think, corroded. like, all your bearings that you're going to have to... All your bearings, yeah. To me, it's basically a recap. I don't want to shit all over your, your tech tipping, but I'm <laughs> no. just thinking logically, like, by the time I get to it, how much damage has been done? Now it's submerged and under power. Um, and like, 
when the time that I witnessed uh, Chuck Bull crashing into the water, well, I didn't witness the crash. I heard it. And then, of course, you know, a whole bunch of us walk over there and check it out. Like the Neo, you can, I can stand on the shoreline and see where the hell he was because not only did he have like a bright canopy, but you could see the ambient glow of the, of the Neo, which was, it was still powered up and he just unplugged it. I mean, for granted, it was, it wasn't responding. It all depends. I mean, sometimes water's not as conductive as you think. So sometimes it won't short stuff out for, you know, a minute, two minutes, three, five minutes, who knows. And sometimes it'll be destroyed in 10 seconds. So who knows? Absolutely. And and I think it depends on the amount of current going through the circuits Mm -hmm. at the time, too. Depends on how how fast and hard you hit the water. (laughs) I mean, you hit throttle hold? (laughs) Cut that power? Some of your lower voltage devices are going to be okay. Just go submarining or what? Yeah, to just float on top and just get a little wet. So, Ian, you told that story about Chuck. Did he do anything afterwards with the heli? Um, He he pretty much did just that. He pulled off the electronics. Uh, I can't remember if it was was a nitro model or not, but he he pretty much pulled all the electronics off and dried everything out. And, of course, you know, that bird was done for the fun fly. Uh, It's like he... Well, of course, uh, for the event. Yeah. But, I mean, was he able to... You know, yeah, cover any of the electronics in, in the airframe itself. Yeah, I think a great majority of the electronics he was actually able to dry out. Um, uh, it's like pretty much dry up anything uh, that you can do. Uh, he actually did tell me he did try the rice thing on one other crash in the water, and he didn't like the results of it. Um, yeah, it dried out the electronics, but it left a film all over the, the actual circuitry of like the servos. And it just left a, a film over everything. So he didn't like that. Because it pulls that. the water. It doesn't pull the... Yeah, ever, rice the doesn't shit. even really do shit anyway. I don't know how... It's that, an urban how, myth. An I urban think. myth. But I mean, if yeah. you want to do that, you got to use a desiccant. Dis, what do you call it? Desiccant. 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 Yeah, yeah, but not rice. Yeah, those silicone things that come with all your packages and shit. But it's better to just take it all apart and rinse it out with alcohol. You know, putting your phone in a bag of rice does jack shit. Better off take it, open it up, undo the battery, rinse everything with alcohol, let it dry out, say a little prayer, put it back together, cross your fingers, stand on one leg. Yeah, I mean, I can go to the Apple store and get a new phone. Exactly. <laughs> I had luck. I had luck with all that. But maybe that wasn't the case. I don't know. Maybe I just got lucky with or without the rice. It would have worked. Yeah, usually like said, if I, rice works, it would have worked if you just sat it on the counter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like I said though, I haven't. It could be. If I'm gonna crash in water, I'm, I d- definitely, I maybe I would reuse the motor and that's it. I mean, I'd be concerned about the bearings and like I don't want yes, a chance flying with a psychic servo that I had submerged underwater for 20 minutes. You know, I don't know. I'd find a different. You would use think for the that. servos would probably be the easiest, you know, cons- considering this. I don't know. You, you can blow those out. Right, keep keep going, Ian. But, We're going to be here all night. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the airframe goes, uh, check bearings. I mean, is there any bearings that no, you feel should be no. replaced? Replace bearings. Yeah. Yeah, replace those yeah. things. Yep. There it, you go. It, replace bearings. Uh, on now. Yep. Yep. 
So, and as far as mud, now, Andy, you have piled shit into mud before. Yes. I got uh, a very simple method. <laughs> step one, open lid the dumpster. Step three, step two, throw heli in dumpster. Step three, order new heli. Step three, close lid. Yeah, I was about to say, you have to close the dumpster, nah, you too. can leave it open, whatever. Yeah. Because mud sucks. I can tell you how I dealt with it, but it was a pain in the ass. I don't know. There's a couple uh, ways you could go about it, I guess. Uh, one option. Um, well, there's two ways you can do, do it. Either via pull all of your electronics off of it, off the model, set those aside, use a power washer to clean the airframe, and then change bearings, whatever. Um, or you can just use water and a brush and just go to town, <clears throat> McGrady. Um, Hopefully, I mean, it kind of depends with the electronics. I mean, did you fucking impact it to where it's just like one stick of mud, you know, just shit covered, or is it just a little bit? But uh, as far as electronics, I mean, mud stays kind of surface. I mean, just clean everything as good as you can. Replace bearings. Um, don't forget to dry your shit off with a air chuck as far as the airframe goes. Uh, you might have to replace some hardware because it will flash rust I mean, without any oil or protecting on the hardware, but uh, that would be my recommendation. Um, as far as the motor, yeah, that shit sucks. And let's be honest, you're going to have to replace bearings in it, oil, of course, clean the hell out of it. Um, you're going to do the power wash method do not spray your electronics with a power washer because even in rc cars yeah they they do recommend you know just using a brush but yeah don't hit your electronics with a power washer you're just going to make a bad situation worse so. if you're going to power wash it and if you're going to take your helicopter put it on the ground and then take a power washer to it please get somebody to videotape that <laughs> video it and send it to me please yeah. I'm begging you. Why would you power wash it at all? I don't know. Get all the just, fucking mud off I would off just of love it. to see somebody chase their heli around with a power washer. Well, <laughs> you can just go to the car wash, strap it to the, you know, the yeah, mat. Dude, just step on the tail boom and... If, if you do that, please video it and send it to me. You get your girl to hold it and then you just start spraying. <laughs> if you're going to do that, please video it <laughs> and send it to me. Oh my god. There's days where I need to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. know. Okay, I, I figured I'd uh, throw that one out there. I mean, this is just a bunch of stuff I I looked up, compiled, and this is the best result. And of course, you know, have you guys chime in on it as well. So, thank you guys. You know what I would do if I if I had a, a helicopter that went into a decent amount of mud. What Andy did. Close. I would, start take, I would start taking apart the whole helicopter. Halfway through it, I'd be like, I, I'm re-kidding this and that's fine anyway. I wouldn't even, I would, I would probably throw it in the dumpster. I don't know. Maybe I would sell it to you. I don't know. <laughs> I think yeah. Hey, I love wrenching. He knows how to clean <laughs> it up now. Yeah, he so. knows how to clean one up. So maybe I'll just do that. I'll just send it to you. And if I, if I get one, you know, really bad in the mud. Yeah. 
And obviously, I'm being sarcastic, but it really, really, really does suck. Like, I cleaned, mostly cleaned my XL Power that hit the cornfield and got super muddy, but I never actually finished, but like fixing it. Mm -hmm. Because it it was a pain in the ass. I just took it mostly apart, took the water hose to some of it, like no electronics or anything. Took a little old toothbrush and, you know, worked cracks and crevices, but it sucks. I probably would. If that happened again, I'd probably just get another kit. Electronics would be fine. In my situation, the electronics were completely fine. I just took a damp rag and wiped them off, but it wasn't submerged or anything. Yeah, there was a local guy to me uh, back when I started really getting big into the hobby. He... I guess has a lake that's near his property and was flying and he fucking plowed his 700 competition right into the bank. Like it was completely shit covered. I mean, all you could see was just a big pile of mud with a heli in it. And he, he only pulled off a few things that he needed off the heli. He just threw the rest away. That's like, wow. I mean, if I really wanted to, I really wanted to like clean the airframe. I would just take it completely down to its air kit, wipe everything. Yeah, I mean that's what you got to do because you got to put all the bearings in anyway. So you just like you can leave some frame stuff in a block, but you basically mm-hmm. got to take the whole damn thing apart. It's a pain. I would at least take the frame sides off, get all the frame, you know, like because mm-hmm. you know all that stuff gets in between everything. So yep, it's a pain in the ass. Down. I would not recommend it. All right. Is that it? Yeah, that is it. Okay, let's move it on to news and announcements. All right. News and announcements. Right. All right. What did we have here? Horizon Hobby has got a new real flight simulator called Evolution. Real flight Evolution RC flight simulator. And you can buy it uh, just the software, or you can buy it with a DX controller, interlink DX controller, or you can get it off Steam with a download. So that's pretty nice. cool. Very cool. It's a hundred bucks uh, for the software or the download. I don't know what Haley's it's got. It's got new aircraft apparently. Uh, I don't know. Didn't real flight go all like? Stupid now, like they know, dropped probably. knife. They dropped that. That dropped that company knife. Whatever that did all the knife custom edge. stuff. Are knife you edge, sure? Yeah. The knife and it, they don't use knife edge anymore. No, and they don't have anything but Horizon Hobby products now. Really? So no. E Flight Horizon. All right, never mind. Really like this. So they probably only have a Blade Fusion 480 or 550. It's the biggest heli. They do they have made. a 550 stretch, but so it's not. So that, hmm. So like, I don't so think you can get the like same a Thunder Tiger and play it. Oh, I don't think so. That's yeah. Okay. From what I heard, it's only real flight or only ever since uh, what you call it, um, Horizon yeah, Hobby right. brought it out. Right. It, 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 they took all of the stuff out and only put in Horizon Hobby stuff in it. I, I haven't. Don't quote me on it. I haven't played it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe somebody could write in because there's a lot of people yeah, still use real flight nine. So, hmm. yeah, I'm curious what they have in nine or ten or whatever the, the later version, the latest, I guess, before evolution is. Yeah. To see, like, did, you, did they have 
do they continue having a regular uh they must because why would Heli Tiger guys be still like, using what? it? Are, are Heli guys using this version or a new version? Or are they using? I don't know how well, you I know see a lot what of people say there. that the autos are really good in real flight compared to like next. Well, next is the worst ever. So for autos, uh, for autos? real flight's okay. Um, actually, AccuRC is pretty realistic. Next is the you can't learn autos in that it's horrible. I I haven't tried Heli X. Uh, they have Joe a triple tree aerodrome as a photo. Yeah, no, no. I am seeing that they have other planes, but they do have a swap page in there thing. So I guess they might have integrated their. uh, I don't know. I we'll fetch to... stuff into swap page, into their swap page. Yeah, because I see like an extreme flight, you can get extreme flight laser 125. You can fly it free wing L39. I wonder, can you figure out what, um, aircraft are in it? Like, I can't yeah. find anywhere to say, says. To a list. Yeah, anyway, it's on pre order. Like I said, yeah, no, no, nine bucks. has a bunch of. So there's a swap page that I guess was the old knife edge stuff because there's like Global six hundred SAB. I don't know what an SAB Goblin one thousand E is. Farming uh, thing. There's a Goblin seven seventy Goblin. There's a lot of Goblins. I don't see XL. I don't see Bosslex. I don't see any other company but Goblin. Blade Might be logo. the same ones that were already in there. Available, yeah. The ones that were already in there mm-hmm. and from before, from the previous versions. I've just kept on pushing the models forward. That was for 9.5 that I looked up, by the way. Okay. All right, so we don't know anything, basically, obviously. Yeah, nope. I look at 9s, the same helicopters. Nothing's changed. Garbage. Sorry. Hello? Okay. Uh, Futaba has got a battery checker. It's the BR4000. Looks like a rebranded ISDT, whatever that thing was called. Yep. Um, Spectrum has a, a version of it as well, too. Yeah. I did find it kind of amusing that uh, this started up a, a clone discussion on Facebook. I was kind of surprised that people don't know the difference between clones and like rebranding and licensing. Yes, Is there license. that many people that just don't know how anything works? Yes. That's yes, a hundred percent surprising to me. I don't know why I would be surprised because I meet a lot of dumb people day to day, but I guess I was. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? You don't understand how this shit works. We got tons of rebranded everything in this hobby. Or license, I guess I should say. Licensed products. Alright, but anyway, um, I don't know what the price is. It says Futaba on it. It's a really cool little checker. I have the ISDT, ISDT version. Mm-hmm. I love my like ISDT. Yep. You know one thing I like about it? The best thing I like about it is, you know, at nighttime, you plug a battery to check what it is, and woo! The screen lights up. I can actually see what it says instead of being uh, like um, those cheap non-lit up ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
I kind of like that. All right. That's all I have in the news. Um, of course, you can find this at Fataba USA or actually I can tell you what it cost. It's forty nine ninety nine. How much is that different from? I ISTT's. don't know, but I bet it's not any different if I had to guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that thing was called, like B5 or something. BG8S. Uh, it's thirty nine ninety. It's forty bucks. What I say? Fatabo one's fifty bucks. All right, so it's ten dollars more, but it says Fataba, So if you're one of those guys with thirty orange shirts in your closet, this will fit right in. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Okay. No, it's a it's a good it's a good product. I would I like it. I mean, I know the ICT one is great, so if it's anything like yeah, that, sh- it, plus it, maybe better, like if they added something. Yeah, you know, they could have added something. Hmm? Um, yeah. They could have maybe made it so you can program the servos from it or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If I nothing know. else, it'll match your radio. That's worth 10 bucks right there. Oh, yeah, the name itself. Okay, let's move it on. What's next for you in the hobby? What's next? next for me? Yeah, Kevin, what's next for you? Huh? Uh, I'm going to try and get to some flying, I hope, on Sunday. On Saturday, I think I'm going up to see my mom. And uh, I don't know. I got I just got a mountain of shit to do in the hobby and not in the hobby. In the hobby, I got a helicopter to build. I actually got two helicopters to build. Uh, I got some shit to fly, too. Get out there and fly some shit. All right. That's it for me. Cool. We'll go around the clock. So what about you, Andy? Me? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really need to fix the... I've spent all this time talking about this 420. Now I want to fly it some more. I need to <laughs> put the new boom in and fix the servo horn and start flying it some more. So maybe I'll do that. Cool. I might have some news to announce next week, possibly, maybe. So I got to figure that out. Okay. All right. Okay. What about you, Steve? Um. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna get that CGI 760 set up on that on the Gone Black Thunder. Um. I didn't talk about this, but I crashed my Raw 700 Nitro at at the Hanover event. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, it was the 2 a.m. flight. I was. Way too tired to fly, to be honest, and I dumb thumbed it. <laughs> it's one of those dumb That'll thumbs that you. it's one of those dumb thumbs that you like as you're doing it, like, oh, oh that that's not right. good, <laughs> and you're like, oh, not a hold. <laughs> but you know what? I gotta say that freaking. I mean, I'm gonna give it to the beans, but I'm also gonna say that that helicopter fared really, really well. Um, nice. I cracked one tailblade and one and one main grip and pitch arm, you know, stripped out. So for a helicopter that went in, you know, full force into the ground and then throttle hold, I'm surprised that nice. you know, the beans, that's all it was. So yeah, I'll get that fixed. Um, I already have the, I have the parts. So it's not a big deal for me to fix it. Uh, the F-15 E flight plane that I have or Horizon Navi, whatever you want to call it. I want to get that set up and finished. Um, getting that going. 
Also wanted to finish off the FT Cub and then want to get out and fly. Um, you know, it's like I don't do a lot of flying events, but I did want to fly at this event. I just didn't have a chance to. So, <laughs> so like I want to try to fly uh, this weekend. So. All right. Who's next, Ian? Yep. Uh, no, I'm not doing hardly much for doubles this week because I'm just trying to kind of recoup, you know. I need to take a little break from that, but um, <clears throat> going to be uh, doing some wrenching, Discord, one double. That's on Sunday, and it's not even a full double. And then um, I've got Saturday off, so I might try to get to the field. Might do some wrenching. I don't know. Uh, at least the NX4 still flies. Um, I'll try and see if I can't get down to the root of the problem with the, the, the 580. Um, and then Tuesday, um, morning, I get to drop the Jeep off at the shop and if I can't get down to up with that, I'll get that thing fixed. Um, pretty much all my week's going to consist of. All right. Hey. All right. Do we have any listener pipeline? We do. I guess I got to sit Ooh. up. I forgot I had to play those. Fun. I'm over here about yeah, falling Andy. asleep. Mike Ian. Come on, Andy. Yeah, I'm awake. Sorry. Damn it, Ian. It's all your Damn fault. Damn it, Ian. What did I do? You're here so damn late that I'm falling asleep now. We could have been done by now if you showed up on time. Shit. Can't help that I was in my REM state of sleep. Can't help that you were asleep in the middle of the day. Yep. All right, and we got some voicemails. <laughs> I didn't mean all the Loctite stuff was crap. Just for foam stuff, there's nothing better than foam tack. I'm sorry, I've used it for way too long. Anyhow, sorry to hear you guys are hanging it up, but I understand. Well, I'll miss calling into the show, but you need more Steve to call into the show, of course. Take it easy. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Be more Thanks good, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, he's a good Steve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. That is all we had, but that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I see, he's it. he's backpedaling now. He said all Loctite was crap, but now he's he's backpedaling. I see how it is. All right, let's wrap it up. All right, let's wrap it up. Okay. Facebook likes. We're at one thousand four hundred thirty-five. Um, I don't know. That number keeps on going up and down. But it looks like we have plus one new likes. And I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, I know the last name is sound like it sounds like Win, Even though it's spelled not like that. So I'm going to say it's Tuan Win. I don't know. Sorry about your name. But hey. Let's move it on. Facebook comments. What do we have? Facebook comments. Jeez, we got a bunch of Facebook comments. Yeah. Bunches and bunches. Bunches and bunches. Yeah, it was Last over. episode was what? 347, the final countdown? Huh? And we got some comments. Our buddy Wesley D. Pennypacker, who we haven't heard from in a while, mm-hmm. uh, said, Hey, guys, I had to come out of Facebook retirement. Thank you for the years of entertainment. I guess I'm going to have to find something else to listen to while cutting grass next summer. FFRC was far 
by far the best podcast I ever had a pleasure of being a guest on. To be fair, it was the only one. <laughs> if any or all of you guys decide to start something new outside of RC Helicopters, I'll definitely be a subscriber. Hell, I've listened for seven years and don't care about RC Helicopters. I'm sure to listen to anything about snacks or movie. Maybe call it four jackasses and their hobby. Working that you can work with that name a little, but I think I'd keep the jackass part just so people know what they're in for. All kidding aside, you guys are great. I really miss hearing from you. I'll really miss hearing from you every week. Thanks for the work you guys put into this thing over the years. You don't you don't hear it nearly enough, but it is really appreciated. Kyle Stacy, Kyle Stacy, Kyle Stacy, have three drinks on me. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Wes. That was Wesley. Honey Packer. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? Jason Muir. What the hell, Andy? And Steve and Kevin and Ian. I must have missed the previous podcast and heard you're all throwing in the towel on episode 347, the final countdown. Cool song, by the way. <laughs> Listening to you guys it gave me enough enthusiasm to get back in the hobby. Now what am I going to do? My world will be empty without your weekly podcast. I don't know if I'll make it through the week without all those happy feelings. You forgive me. Might have to resort to listening to Heliheads or worse, talk to my wife. <laughs> Best of luck <laughs> to you all in the future. And thanks for 300 plus episodes that I may as well start listening from the beginning for both mental health. What is it? Wait, that I may as well start listening to from the beginning for mental health reasons. And I can pretend uh, that you guys really haven't finished. Take care, guys. Cheers. That's and awesome. Steve wrote back, uh, thanks for all the kind words. Sorry not to talk to your wife now. That had me LOL when I read it. <laughs> Andy, Andy, you said, dude, thanks for your kind words. I'm sorry you have to listen to Heliheads now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's yeah. Tor- torturous, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. So I thought there was, I thought there were more. Um, Oh, uh, read that from last week. Did we? Which one? What are you talking about? Yeah, you broke uh, up there. We just are heard. you okay, Kevin? Read that from last week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm looking at the Facebook page. Did we read these from last week? News and announcements. We did. Uh, there's one we. The one that come in lately with some Yusuf Piragoli. Piragoli. Yusuf Piragoli. You could read that. Yeah, he said, uh, and this is on episode 346, news and announcements. Hi from Germany. I listen to you guys every week, uh, so you just can't go. Where else will I, am I going to get my weekly heli news and sharing of your weeks? It's like a virtual club for us guys who don't have a club to go to or flying buddies. Oh, well, good luck in all your endeavors. May you have a reunion meeting in a couple of years? Shamark. Probably before uh, then. Yeah. Sorry, I thought, you know, that kind of sucks. I mean, I do understand, like, yeah. having us in your head and hearing us every week is kind of like, yeah, if you go to a club or, you know, you go 
meet yeah. up to find buddies and kind of, you know, that's what you do, right? You converse and yeah. you have these conversations, you know, and catch up with each other. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Right. Yeah. Sorry, dude. We'll be around. We'll catch, well, we'll check back in. Don't worry. And I thought it was funny. I posted a picture of um, the Spectre 700 that you sent, Andy. Mm-hmm. And a couple of people commented on that. Uh, nice. Some Somebody will get it. Jimmy Tate commented, hey, you got it. Mark Rich said it arrived. Nice one. But uh, Basel von Schwartzall, <laughs> he funny. said, so what is it? And it's a giant Spectre 700 V2 on the box. <laughs> the box has XL power. So I commented. Is this somebody maybe not in the hobby? Is this somebody you know from just. No. No, this is our page. Never mind. I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I commented uh, XL Power Spectre V2. Maybe it's a guy. Yeah, I don't know, but I thought that was funniest. (laughs) Well, thanks for the kind words, though, Wesley and Jason. Yes. uh, I got to say, personally, I've heard from. I've been in touch with Mark Ritchie in Australia for a couple of weeks now. We basically almost texting each other or messaging each other every week. And he said, you know, thanks a lot. He wanted to pass on to you guys. You know, thanks for all the, the good times and it's kind of blown away. I didn't personally hear from Scott Graham, but I read it somewhere that he was like, you know, this, this really saddened, saddens me or something that we were calling it quits. Uh, I mean, uh, and and Mike Welch also, he got, got in touch with me, sent me a text. Uh, I was going to wait to start, you know, telling everybody thanks, but, you know, as they come in, I might as well just, you know. Yeah, man. Shout them out yeah. on the show, you know. So it was great to hear from Mike Welch and talk to him for a little bit. Uh, also wanted to say thanks to uh, Nick Wisdom and Dan from RCHN version three. Uh that's probably <laughs> directly, <laughs> directly directed at me because I said, I'm sure he got tons of shit for that. Dude. But, uh, <laughs> no, I just wanted to tell those guys, you know, thanks so much. They talked about us on their show and, uh, meant a lot to hear, yeah. you know, what Nick said. I, Nick I, had a, he, a, a lot of really kind words. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Nick. And I know, I know we respect thanks, Nick. Dan and everything that he's done over yeah, the years. Too. And I listened to but not um, Devin. Screw him. No, screw Devin. <laughs> um, I, I, I was Dad. driving around. I was driving around a lot, a lot last week, so uh, had a chance to listen to that show. And I listened to almost halfway through Heliheads, and they talked about us too a little bit. And I wanted to just tell them, you know, thanks a lot for their kind words. Yeah. You know, Kevin and and uh, Dan. Them some nice words to say. Kyle Stacy basically said he never heard of us, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's Kyle. Kyle's like, thank God he they're is. gone. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're the reason we made him famous, though. Right. Kyle Stacy. Kyle Stacy. Kyle yeah. Stacy. Oh, and Nick had a special shout out to the Planker, by the way, saying Planker better get his act together and oh, at least right. get one more episode. He's out of the country. We ain't He's gonna not see even in the country. Yeah. We ain't gonna see him. He's gone. No. Who knows? He's never, never coming know. back. Probably never not. Know. It's like, wait, there's more than one Vicky out here? Oh. <laughs> 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 right. eh, no. Sorry, Mike. 
All right. So what's next? What do we got? We got any more comments on Facebook? You guys want yeah, to read? Yeah. Ian posted a picture of all these birds here that he thought he fixed, but he really didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so flying tomorrow. Guess what I get to do tomorrow? And everybody's giving right. shit. Darren's. Right. Uh, Darren, Darren Weens. Weens Wines. So does that mean. Oh, happy wh- birthday, Darren. This is birthday today. This- oh, happy oh. birthday. He says, so does that mean you won't be wrenching tonight, LOL? Um, said, what'd you say? You're at minor wrenching on the 420, but you're bringing three nitros. Yeah, so Something, it sounds about to not run. So it sounds like everything didn't run except what? Your, uh, NX4. Your NX4, NX4 is the only one, right? Yep. Well, and, and it's you always get the 420 going. When are you, you just going to just, just take that one? That's the only one that reliably ever works. runs right <laughs> leave everything oh, yeah. else at home it'll save you a lot of trouble well i thought everything else was gonna <laughs> run hey, if it wasn't gonna run i would have left it it I mean, uh, a lot of folks chiming in with what they're gonna be flying and stuff um a lot of comments uh we had some reaches <laughs> bears comment who he said, Mary, mirror, mirror. What do you say? I'll read it. It says, not me. It's still in the box. I'm building at the swift pace of Steve <laughs> Shaw. Look out, 2032. Think my Loctite is out of the date. Come to think of it, bugger. We'll have to get some fresh stuff soon and have a crack. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Thanks, Jason. I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. awesome. Sweet. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, we did have some um, visitor post. Michael Leipzig got a yeah. picture of Ian wrenching on his heli. What you doing, Ian? Wrenching? Mm-hmm. And Probably. here's another picture of Ian wrenching. Our 230 <laughs> wrenching demo, courtesy of Ian. Sean White. Yeah. Show you how it's done. Uh-huh. Chris Rybert had some pictures of his raw 580 canopy that he had made to match the 420. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. He's got a, a matching set. And I guess that's nice. it. Yep. That is about it. All right. Uh, let's see. Listener post. We did website comments. We have a website comment somewhere. Oh, we do. Paul Schwartz. Oh, yeah. Yes. Says, guys, or should I say, dearest knuckleheads, you will be sorely missed on a weekly basis. Thank you for keeping me company for seven years. So much better listening to you than the numerous voices in my head. Mm. (laughs) Thankfully, there are a reasonable number of people out there just nuts enough about our amazing hobby to start podcasts because you did and RCHN did. You have spawned an army. That's a lot of responsibility. I know just because you'll be off the air, you'll still. I know just because you'll be off the air, you'll still have an impact on our hobby. Keep them flying, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, and let me add to that, dude, because Paul was one of the original guys to send us a a. uh, Send us a uh, message, whether it would be on the Facebook page. I don't even know what we were doing back then. Uh, uh-huh. 
went to the freefallrcpodcast.com page and uh, I dug it up. It was from May 12th, 2016. And his oh, message wow. was, you two knuckleheads get better with each show. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I remember that ever since then, man. Uh-huh. Nice. Thanks, Paul. So, oh, awesome. yeah. Thank Thanks a lot, Paul. <sighs> All right. That it for website comments? That's it. That's with the people of Podbean. People of Podbean. My God, we got a lot of stuff going on on Podbean. Uh, Steve Wattenberg liked episode 346. News and announcement, announcements and 347, the final countdown. So did David Warren. So did Toad. But bare metal fabrication, like, takes the cake this week. Because he liked the same episode, 347, the final countdown. And 333, feed me. 337, lucky number seven. 341, quit work. And 333, be inspirational. 345, who needs a son. 336, Sans transmissions. 328, outfitting a new build. 335, Ohio Heli Throwdown. 329, the art of owning Nitro. And 196, review series, Volume 5, Synergy 696 with Chris Ryber. Mm. But that for an old one. Mm-hmm. Nice. So thanks, Mr. Bare Metal Fabrication. Awesome. Thanks. Hey, real quick. If you're on Facebook, go to our page and look at the visitor post. These posts, uh, I was looking through here. Everybody at the Fun Fly apparently took a picture of Ian wrenching. And I had a smart-ass <laughs> thing to say about it. So if you need to laugh, go look through those. Uh, <laughs> pretty funny. Everybody's giving you shit, dude. Oh, I know. I know. All right, that's all. Sorry. Go ahead, Steve. That's great. All right. Uh, let's see. People popping comments. We only have two. And they're both from one person. Toad four days ago says, you should start the show by mentioning the iTunes review instead of at the end. It helps. And he says, also, I think you can't place two reviews for the from the same user on the same show. Yeah, I think you're going to need one per user account per show. You know what? When he does his own podcast, he can do things how he wants. <laughs> sure. When he has his own Apple streaming podcast site, then he can do whatever he wants with that. And All right. Fishing with Javier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Okay. Let's move it on to iTunes review. We have an iTunes review. What? Do we, do we have an iTunes review? That's what I'm asking. Do we? I usually ask that to you. <laughs> oh, me? Kevin, Andy, one of you guys. I am going to bring it up. I had it brought up earlier, but then I had to restart my computer. Yeah, we got one. Got one? Yeah. Oh, boy. All, All right. right. On, beating it got more than one sorry to hear you guys are hanging I assume that says hanging up uh, I will miss the two to three hours that I listen every week seven years is a long time hope to keep in touch with all of you and that's from S.A. Watt 64 so we mm-hmm. know who that is yeah Steve Wanberg. thank you Steve thanks Steve thanks Steve yeah, we will definitely have to keep 
We read the one from Daryl Thorpe last week, I believe, didn't we? Yes, yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Sweet. Two weeks in a row. All right. If you can make it a third. So drop us an iTunes review. We'll read the review in the next episode. Email us at freeforc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash freeforc podcast. Check out our webpage, freeforc podcast.show. Say hi to Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Flight Test Forums, off the field, audio, video production, other than Flight Test Podcast, Reforce the Podcast, say hi to David Hill, a.k.a. Hilda Flyer. Good day. Hi, David Hill. All right, fellow podcasters, we have R.C. Chen V3, V3. or as Dan likes to say, R.C. Chen, whatever version he wants to fucking call it. Right. That's what Dan, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Rob, Devin, and uh, Scott, right? Doc Graham. Yeah. Soon it'll be, you know, Kevin McGrady, Dan Turiak. <laughs> you know? No. Oh, I think five is their back. You know right? what that show's called? That show's called Hellyheads. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Hellyheads podcast. That's what Kevin and Dan and all my friends. The RC Heli community. RC Heli community. <laughs> yeah. They should just call that the RC Heli community cast. Yeah, that'd work. RC Heli Community Cast. Yeah. Right. Sounds kind of like FT Community Cast. Right. All right. Maxim Collective. That's what Greg, Gregor, and Steve. Uh-huh. Telemoto Podcast. Telemoto? Tele, tele what? Telemoto? Tele oh, did I say that wrong? Tele, tele rotor? No, no, no. More, more folks on that show ride motorcycles than fly helicopters. It's Telemoto. Is that Telerotor? I'm not going to fly you for a while. Is that what it is? Uh, Telerotor. That's what Cliff and um, Cliff's buddy and Cliff's other buddy. <laughs> Cliff's other buddy. <laughs> Cliff that's and his buddies. Cliff and his buddies. Yes. I do have to give a shout out. Thanks. Uh, um, yeah. I want to know if of, they have All colors. of the Telerotor guys came out to my fun fly. Nice. So they're all there. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Nice. Do they have colors? Do they like riding colors? No, no. Yeah. Shaggy actually <laughs> came with uh, Shaggy came with his dad, so I got to meet his his dad. So that was cool. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. You know, um, Paulo came with his minivan because he brought his lizard with him and his jet. Um, okay. Auntie rode his motorcycle with his five twenty on the back. So Monty's the only one who rode. Cool. All right, that was the telemoto rotor. Hope you want to, <laughs> you know, tomato tomato it. Uh, skids up. That's what Frank, Javier, Paul, and Darren. I don't know. Have I heard Paul? I haven't heard Paul in that show. No, he's gone. Yeah, I think gone. he's gone. Gone. No. Okay, inverted down under. I think they're gone too. Ozzy, Mozzy, and Jeff, and they're gone. Yeah, they haven't done anything. Houdini RC Heli podcast. He's still around, right? Rich and Kenny? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. RC Roundtable. It's Terry and Lee. RC After Hours. But Andre? Who's still flying shit? He's, He's flying still flying. Shit. That was yeah. his birthday just a little while ago, too. Yeah. He posted a video flying a jet, man. It was uh, pretty cool, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Park Flyer Podcast. The two mics and a J? Yeah. RC Plane Lab. Run Tom. All things that fly. Lucian and Moose. All right. Make sure you check out our friend, Bill Ann's YouTube channel. Bam, check bam, him out. Bam, bam, bam. 
Yeah, Check I feel like he's him. coming up dry, huh? I haven't seen any videos released recently. <laughs> or, or Why is that funny? Me. Still coming up dry. That's just too funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I haven't seen any new videos uh, recently, so he's probably got some on the editing block now. So Cool. All right. Ten more times of this stuff, huh? Thanks to our listeners. Be our skies, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. A few more times. Alright, I'm back. We may begin. Where the hell is Ian? I don't know, but while you were away, your your shit was going click every, like, second. Oh, that's a stupid fucking iPad piece of shit. Cock-sucking fuck. That's that stupid iPad piece of shit. Yeah, I forgot to mute it. It's fine while the voicemail's playing, but for some reason, it will click. I don't know. I think it's because of the dongle. That's what I'm blaming it on. Freaking dongle. My old one didn't do that. Dongle. Can't wait till Apple rules the home automation scene. That won't happen. Then the lights in your house will be going. (laughs) 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 It might. Unless it's playing a voicemail. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't know. What the hell is Ian? I hate Apple. But I hate everyone else worse, so. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you got stuck with whatever you picked when you started. Like we got stuck with Apple. You got Apple phones. I had I had Android for a long time. Everyone had iPhone though, and then when I need to start talking to my kid, FaceTiming the kids and stuff, it works much better. So I switched to Apple, and now I'm too lazy to switch back. I had the Microsoft phone. Microsoft phone. The fuck? Yeah. Well, it came free with my Betamax VCR <laughs> that I bought. <laughs> right, right. You're getting your time zones. I mean, I your time that. periods mixed up a little. Yeah, I know. Just a little. <laughs> That's what That's makes it funny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Kevin. Guess what I yeah. found on my table when I was looking for something. A bag of perts. I got a bag of four bolts, and it says motor. (laughs) (laughs) Guess guess what those are for? Is it just four bolts? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I probably got those somewhere. I'll send them to you. I gotta make you the uh, tail control. I mean, the tail control, the tail blade bolts. I gotta figure out how long they're supposed to be. Well, just send me the size. I probably have some, dude. Well, you gotta cut them off. It's a whole project. Else your blade will be on the threads of the bolt. You don't want that. You want it solid shank up to and just a little bit of thread. Oh, I see what you're saying. Where the fuck is Ian? I bet he's asleep. Yeah, he's probably passed out. Well, that's a shame. I was wanting to make fun of him wrenching at the fun fly. You guys see all his pictures? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I love it. I love how everyone posted one.
I'm like, you got all your stuff done? No wrenching at the front? Oh, no, I'm ready. I got everything going. And all he did is sit there and wrench all day. I got a headache, too. The more I look at Kevin, the worse it hurts. <laughs> Hysterical, dude. I know. I'm laughing already. I know you are. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, that's, that's much better. better. <laughs> your headache better? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's much better. Ian, you realize we only got 10 more episodes to bust your balls. We, we can't have this tardiness. <laughs> I know, dude. Sorry. What the fuck's wrong with you, man? Don't turn that camera on, because I don't even want to see you outside. Yeah, if you're smoking a cigarette, I'm coming to fucking... Missouri, <laughs> you know he's right now. Cigarette. Get on the home. damn computer. We got. You know he's on. I got to go on his phone. <laughs> you could tell he's on his phone. Wow, <laughs> oh, I'm not even on the. Computer. I know. Get on the computer. There you go. Now I see. Yeah, I've been on it. All right. I'm gonna, All right. Hang on. Let me shut the truck off. I was about to drive to Missouri. <laughs> Was that you, Steve, who recorded? I recorded it. Yeah, I did a backup just in case. And Steve. And Ian. Wait, what? And Kevin. Ian, can you sit in the center of your damn camera? I don't know why you always like... Me? I'm an idiot. That's why. Ian, he's always like off on the side. He's either way over... He's over here like this. Or he's up here like this. Yeah. Can't be normal. <laughs> oh, there. Couldn't be any worse than Kevin over there. Oh, wait, there he is. He was right side up. What do you mean? Kevin's always right in the middle, except <laughs> when he's being an idiot. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I actually had somebody come in to uh, <laughs> our office the other day with their laptop, and they were like, it was in portrait instead of landscape. And she was like, I'm having problems. Look at my laptop. And I was like, well, here, let me fix it. And I just well, I went like that. <laughs> just <turned it. laughs> she was like, no. <laughs> fix it. I guess it was like a Microsoft surface or something. Like that. <laughs> I'm going to be in Vegas like that, that week. I think I'm coming back Thursday night. Or it's for work. Okay. Like they're sending me out to a conference in Vegas. So I could try and make it, but it'll be like 7 o'clock Vegas time by the time we start. I could try and make it. Specific. Oh no, so it'll be earlier out there. Yeah, it'll be, be 5, five o'clock. o'clock. Yeah. Okay. I should be able to make You'll it. You'll still be at the conference. Getting yeah. free shit. Or eating dinner somewhere. Probably eating. Who are we kidding? He'll be at the fucking casino. Yeah, he'll be at the craps table. He'll walk through the convention for like an hour and a half. Like, all right, seen it. Straight to the straight to the craps table. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's exactly how I am too. I get all excited. I point five dollar (laughs) craps. Oh shit.